0: What the f*** happened last night? You find out the morning after. Let's do
1: this thing. All right, let's roll. The morning after has it begun. We get one day closer um, to the exit of the abyss. Uh, that's what we're in right now. It's sort of the uh, the abyss. Of the uh, the sports uh, season, uh, but you can sort of feel it. You can you can feel it coming. You can feel it coming. We got a lot of uh, stuff to uh, to kick around on the program uh, today. I am Gabriel Marezi, throwing it down Studio 34 in Midtown uh, Manhattan, Joe Ranieri in Miami, Florida, where Dwayne Wade uh, lit it up uh, last night, uh, 25 points, including the the game winner against uh, the Golden State uh, Warriors. So uh, we'll talk NBA basketball, Johnny Manziel. Um, I don't know what Johnny Manziel did, all right? But uh, if you're unaware, Johnny Manziel was in uh, the Canadian Football League. And I got to tell you, I'm actually a Montreal Alouette fan. And I'm surprised they didn't just cut him for performance uh, purposes uh, before. I don't know what he did. So I, I can't sit here and say, oh, Johnny did this. And, oh, Johnny, you know, screwed up. And we don't know. But we know that something evidently happened because he didn't just get released from the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL. Um, there was a memo, a memorandum sent uh, out from the, uh, the commissioner to every team in the league stating, you can't sign this guy. Like, he's, he's ineligible to play in our league from here on out. You know, he was suspended in the NFL. He was never reinstated, right? And the CFL doesn't just sign you. They used to sign you if you were suspended. They didn't care. But, they, you know, they got morals and ethics now in the CFL for some reason. And, uh, well, you know, Johnny Manziel, he has to enter a program, but he's got to do this and that and all this other crap. And um, evidently, I don't know what he did, but uh, he's done in the CFL. Now, Russ Landy is going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, this and uh, more because everyone's talking uh, about Manziel playing in the XFL. Uh, Vince McMahon said, uh, if you have a criminal record, you can't play in the XFL. Point blank. Yet, somebody tweeted me yesterday a pretty good response to that in stating um, Vince McMahon also carried on a show after a wrestler plunged to his death. So, you know, we, we can we can, uh, we can judge what Vince is going to do. We're stacked. Russ Landy's going to talk NFL Combine. Johnny Madzel, George Kurtz going to step up and in. Islander fans hating John Tavares. The Prez gives us some plays of the day and more.
7: than 3 million companies worldwide use indeed to hire post your job at indeed.com hire indeed the world's number one job site source com score total visits
3: i had great results i lost 70 pounds my weight 265 and went down to 195 my doctor told me if it works for you, you then do it but a lot of people say to me how did you lose the weight i said i take andro 400 every day i'm gonna take it forever
8: that was walt talking about andro 400 now listen to what bob has to say
1: Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Networks. uh, Sports uh, byline, uh, television, and everything else in between. We appreciate you joining us uh, this morning. That is, if you are joining us. If you're not, uh, screw you. Have a terrible day. Um, Let's uh, bring in Joe Ranieri uh, from uh, Florida. Sunny Florida. What's going on, Joe?
9: Ah, we're celebrating in the streets of Miami here, my friend. Let me tell you what a difference 24 hours makes. Because after that Phoenix loss uh, a few nights ago... Miami Heat fans were on suicide watch, man. It was not a good uh, it was not a good mood here in Miami. And then, voila! Look at that. Dwyane Wade uh, hits the bomb, and all of a sudden, all is well here in Miami. Yeah.
1: And what did I say? Um, when I said this yesterday, it's a it's a tough it's a tricky time of the year to be betting basketball right now. Uh, mm. Both uh, professionally, it's up and down. Look at like the Toronto Raptors. You know, they beat the Spurs on on Friday night. They get blown out by the Orlando Magic on Sunday uh, an Orlando Magic team that then subsequently goes on and loses to the New York Knicks a couple of nights later right like yeah. it's 9-1 you know.
9: one and 1 against the number last night underdogs could you imagine uh, any of you money line parlay guys out Ugh. there making a fortune last night
1: that's the thing with the NBA though Joe that makes it such um uh, for lack of a better word, such a bitch to bet on at this time yeah, of is it? <laughs> it's so true. It it's night, we
9: all looked at it last night. Don't tell me you didn't look at the card and go, "All right, so Atlanta's get, you know, they're getting five at home. Atlanta's not great, but yeah." You know, oh, I took you know, them. So I was on. We them. looked at. Them. I was Yo, on. You them. did
1: good. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a win I for did. us uh, with, with an underdog. But a couple of nights ago, uh, basically the overs were like ten and one. There were eleven games. The overs went ten and one. You know, like the, the next night, like the unders were like seven and, you know, seven and four or something like that. The next couple of days, the unders came in like, it's not like it happens every day. It's like a constant, the carpet's being pulled. <laughs> like yep. like tonight might be a night where the favorites all like just kill teams. I think yesterday in the NHL too, uh, incidentally, I think every game in the NHL was a one goal game yesterday. So it's yeah. one of those deals where if you just would have did the old uh, plus puck and a half across the board, uh, you would have won. You're the cash. Yeah, so um, I guess it's our job to tell people about these streaks uh, before they start. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
9: well, I get news for you. If we would have known uh, underdogs were going to go 9-1 and one last night, I can promise you, we, neither one of us would be here right now.
1: The um, It's same in hockey. The, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, like every freaking game goes over, man. Yes. Like yeah. every well, they, game.
9: Except last night.
1: <laughs> no, it got there last night.
9: Did it go all the way? I thought it was under last night against Anaheim.
1: No, no. It got there. It was a 4-3 final score. It was six and a half. It was scoreless after the first period of play.
9: Oh, the first period, rather. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, the first period was scoreless, and uh, people that bet the over are panicking. Yes. There's four goals in the second period, a bunch of goals um, in, in the third as well. I think the game went to overtime. There were seven goals scored in the end, but... There's so many games, there's so many teams in college. You'll see this. Oh God, this team is like eight and eight and two uh, to the under in their last ten. You know, you got to put the hours in and really, really bang it and, and track it. But yeah, magical night last night uh, for for Dwayne Wade. You know, I, the thing with Dwayne Wade, that's the one good thing about the NBA. They do pay tribute. There's a respect factor amongst um, amongst the players in the NBA. You know, you see with Dirk Nowitzki. And players paying their respect to him. And even the Golden State Warriors last night, you know, they, Curry said, you know what, I was happy for him. I didn't like seeing him jump up on the table, but yeah. <laughs> he's like, but hey, he goes, he's Dwayne Wade. It is what it is. And I, you know, Dwayne Wade, he's introspective now. What he stated, too, he goes, you know, there's a lot of guys on my team. He goes, there's a lot of guys on our team that have heard about me hitting big shots. But he goes, it's nice to actually do it. Uh, For them in front of them to show them that, you know, this this is what I'm about. So, you know, it goes to show the pride he actually does put into his game. We talk about a lot of guys that are about this and that, And let me go here and crying and freaking out and complaining all the time. Dwayne Wade, for the most part, just gone about his business his entire career.
9: Yes, he's done it with a certain class and dignity that not many other people uh, outside of Miami, people have heard of Dwayne Wade, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's D Wade. But the reality is he has represented the city. He's represented himself, his family, his name uh, with nothing but class. And this was a guy, don't forget, LeBron James wanted to play with him. Shaq, want, you know, wanted to come here and play with him. Uh, he's been Pat Riley's, uh, you know, right-hand guy. Yeah, so unlike LeBron
1: James, uh, Dwayne exactly. Wade knows how to make people feel comfortable. Like exactly. Dwayne Wade already won. He didn't need, he didn't need yep. LeBron going in there. Miami had already won titles. They were already the Miami Heat. Pat Riley, Dwayne Wade, like he's the one that sort of, welcome LeBron in, in a way LeBron would never have welcomed anyone else in.
9: <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. The way Jeter was to the Yankees, it's very comparable to what Dwayne Wade means to this franchise, the city of Miami. You know, when they brought in A-Rod, it was up to Jeter to be able to make sure that A-Rod could be acclimated into the Yankees and to the culture, and and Dwayne Wade has been that guy all of these years for the Miami Heat, and listen, he's worried about what the young, he he's still trying to leave a legacy See worrying about what the young guys I'm happy that the young guys get to see me and then you know you look out west and he's not even sitting on the bench with them so you know that's the difference right there
1: my only beef the only time I've ever and I, I've always been a big Dwayne Wade uh, fan uh, going back to his college days even but the only time that I ever disliked uh, Dwayne Wade uh, was uh, during the playoffs once with the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat mm. they played a couple of times so and it was pretty chippy um it was very, very physical. And, you know, Dwayne Wade uh, basically has a routine, like, um, like where he's the last guy to take, like, a warm-up shot type of deal. Yep. And it's one of those things where he's got to hit the shot, you know? Yeah, like, you know, even his kids, I, I'm not going in until I hit this, like, you know, yep. shot yep. from half court or whatever. So, yep. the Canadian National Anthem started.
9: Oh, yes. I remember this.
1: <laughs> and Dwayne Wade just kept shooting, and he kept mm-hmm. missing. <laughs> so. Yep. And it was yeah. one of these deals. So he sort of looked, and he's like, oh, man. So you can, he knew. So he's like, he's like, man, you see him shoot. And then you sort of see him get, like, frustrated. And he shoots again. Oh. And then people are sort of, hey, hey. And they're sort of looking at him. He didn't really have a choice because it's in his head at this point. He just sort of ran and laid it in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, he <laughs> I gotta get out of He, like, banked it in. And he was like, all right, it's in." It. Then it was, like, all hell broke loose after the fact that, even me I'm like you son of a bitch but it was the emotions of the playoff series you know what I mean mm-hmm. It's going to happen yeah. right like that's yeah. what's great about the playoffs everyone gets emotional
9: Yeah and I I do think he he apologized later oh, he on did. as the he years did. went on Yeah he you know he again does the right thing does the
1: classy he, he said paid. I was in a zone I didn't really realize yeah. you know like Yeah yeah. You see the Greek freak the other day just came out while Ja Rule was still playing. He's like, yeah, hysterical. whatever. He yeah, just it's starts hysterical. Yeah, shots.
9: Yep, absolutely. Also, good. and then starts going, uh, starts beefing with the fans too on social media. Like, what are you doing, You're Ja Rule? Stop it. Yeah, I, don't, stop I, don't, it. I didn't know yeah, he. Was, I didn't it. know
1: he was just still around. Yeah.
9: So All right. Two words:
1: Fry Festival. Stop it. All right. Uh, so um, we're gonna do something we don't do a ton of yet. Hey, this is a, it's it's one of the biggest stories of the sports day actually, and. Um, uh, hopefully we can get this video ready. I just sent it into the pit, actually. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure some of the people tuning in right now have seen it or, or heard uh, about it, etc. But John Tavares, all right. John Tavares, a longtime New York Islander. I believe it was nine years uh, that he played uh, for the Islanders. Um, he was a free agent, and he basically went through the whole. Um, yeah, you know, I want to stay with one team my entire career. I love it uh, on the island. I'm an Islander. I hope to be an Islander for life. And then, of course, you know what? Uh, he signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going home. <laughs> Yet, I don't really see how you can hate on a guy. Number one, and I listen, I like the Islanders. It's a great story this year, and I like betting on them. But let's be real. The Islanders organization's kind of been a, a crap show, guys, over the years. Mm-hmm. John Tavares was there for nine freaking years. Like, it's not like the guy bolted, like, you know, after I got to get the hell out of here. And number three, he went home. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, Islander fans are like, he's a traitor. It's like, no, he's not from Uniondale. Like, he didn't like, he's not from, like, he not didn't go Canada. to Hofstra and like, oh, <laughs> screw you, I'm moving to Canada. He's from Toronto. <laughs> like, yeah. Toronto. How do you hate, hate on that. a guy for, like, like moving home? How can you hate yeah. on a guy?
9: Yeah. Yeah. And, and they still hold a uh, they still hold the grudge because you know the other thing too is the Islanders offered him a boatload of money.
1: That's the thing. Like our boy Scuma yeah. and the chat is saying, it's not like he signed with the New York Rangers. He said, "Ah, oh, screw you." <laughs> All right, yeah, morning after liars. continues. <laughs>
11: That's 800-223-0992 Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere.
1: All right, we've got a busy uh, first hour on the program uh, this morning. Russ Landy's going to join us in about uh, 15 minutes or so. We'll talk about football. Johnny Manziel, NFL Combine, XFL, AF. Um, yeah, Russ Landy, a longtime scout, uh, too. I'm fascinated by the process of uh, scouting. And he actually uh, has, um, he has, like, seminars if you want to become a scout. And uh, God knows everybody on Twitter is a scout, capper, talk show host, and everything else in between. So I'm sure <laughs> business as well of uh, wannabe scouts. Let's bring in, um, let's bring in George Kurtz uh, right now. I am Gabriel morenzi throwing it down, uh, Studio 34 in Manhattan. Joe Ranieri is in Miami, Florida. George Kurtz is on the island. Long Island. How you doing, George
4: game you might say today is john tavar's day on long island
1: it is are you going are you going to go to the game tonight i know you don't leave the compound often you're like <laughs> david koresh without all the craziness <laughs> you don't you don't, don't leave much but what about tonight
4: i'm the father of two young girls i've got plenty of craziness here to keep me uh more than occupied
1: all right uh so um I believe we've got uh, we've got this. The Dear John. Uh, have you seen the Dear John uh, video slash letter, uh, George?
4: No, I have not. I've heard of it, but I have not seen it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much. It's not a good look for Island. Like people are like, what the hell's wrong with people? Like uh, they got you got to suck it up. So <laughs> let's, let's hear. You're gonna like this, Joe. So this is Islander fan. I, uh, they basically this is the Dear John letter from fans to uh, to John Tavares.
12: For nine years, you were part of the New York Islanders, and many of those years, you were the captain. You were seen as the face of the franchise, the savior.
5: You were the chosen one.
13: We looked up to you. Kids looked up to you.
7: You were not just only the Islanders' captain. You were the fans' captain, too.
11: We thought you were a class act, but looks like it was just all an act.
7: Do you remember saying that you loved Long Island?
3: I've always stayed at home,
11: and I love it here.
7: Do you remember saying how Great players stay with their team their whole careers and how you wanted to do the same.
3: This is uh, obviously where I, I hope to be and
5: uh, I've
3: always stated that.
5: You went from being the captain, the savior, the chosen one to a lying traitor,
1: snake, pajama boy. Pajama boy, boy. is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, they put it on a little thick, I think, George. Wow.
4: That's a little harsh, little, little harsh. I mean, listen, I, I get, I sort of get it. I mean, if uh, these fans were to put themselves in John Tavares situation, you probably want to play at home. So I don't have any issue with that, that he wanted to go home or want to go wherever he wanted to go. Our Taylor Panarin wants to go apparently on the East coast next to water, you know, but guys have any one of a number of reasons why they want to play where they want to play. The problem really was that at the last year's trade deadline, you know, he said all the things he said that he wanted to stay here, that he planned on staying here. He asked Gar Snow not to trade him. And then he ends up changing his mind over the summer. I think it was an agonizing decision. I do. I think his fiance probably had a lot to do with yeah. it. They should probably hate her more than they hate him because I think he would have stayed if not for her.
1: But yeah, the Islanders about- haven't been good. This is the thing, too, right? And he was there nine years, George. I know you're an Islander fan. I'm looking at it from an outside perspective, actually. And, you know, you're a sane person, too. He went home. I mean, the guy grew up, like, sleeping in Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas. Like, his dream was to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's a free agent, not to mention the Leafs were really good. But you're right. I mean, it was agonizing uh, for him. You know, it wasn't an easy decision. He was on the fence, I know. The Leafs, like, you know, had to work it really, really hard. It's interesting because Steve Stamkos was in the exact same position. Like, the Leafs put a full-court press on to get Steve Stamkos the year before, I believe it was, two years ago whenever. And he was agonized over it, but he ended up uh, saying, you know what, I'm going to stay with Tampa. I think the tax situation um, had a lot to do with that, though.
4: <laughs> to Not necessarily a good team in Tampa. He wasn't, he wasn't leaving a good, uh, a bad team. Listen, there are two things that fans need to remember here. One, Tavares didn't go for the most money. The Islanders offered him more money. San Jose offered him a better uh, AAV than both teams. He still chose Toronto. That tells you that he wanted to go home, that he wasn't after the most money. It wasn't really about Long Island. It was about wanting to go home. And if fans want to blame somebody, listen, you were going to lose Tavares at the, at the deadline last year with Garf Snow. I'm sure he asked Tavares, listen, do you want to sign a contract, et cetera? We'll give you eight years and, you know, $100 million, whatever it might be. He says no. Well, then I have to trade you. You have no choice at that point. Fans have to be mad at Garf Snow. That's the reason that the Islanders received nothing for uh, John Tavares. It wasn't John Tavares leaving. It was the fact that Garf Snow believed him, took him at his word, was naive, whatever uh, word you want to use here. And the Islanders received no draft picks, no prospects, no good young players for his services. He just left for free.
1: Well, I know Joe. Uh, Joe's in Florida, so his only interest in this hockey uh, situation is who's going to win the damn game. It's minus 110 on on both no, sides No I grew
9: up in Island I, don't get me, I grew up <laughs> Mike Bossy Billy Smith I mean I I rem, I'm old enough to remember when the Islanders were actually relevant and winning and they were the most hated team in the uh, in the NHL but you, listen they've got 30 they're actually good this year so fans uh, fans are feeling a little puffy chest they're ready to go they haven't been great over the last week but I think they have and you and you tell me I think they've got seven or eight games in a row now at the Coliseum so this is a pretty important stretch for the Islanders
4: it is. They play, I believe, seven of their next eight games at the Coliseum or the Westbury, whatever they call in that place now. It looks like a looks like a UFO landed on it. I don't know what the what's going on with that building. They need to win some games. I mean. Uh, well- they're tied with Washington right now. Technically, they're tied with Washington at 79 points each. They play Washington tomorrow. So, yeah, they have back-to-back games against the Maple Leafs and the Capitals. Uh, they do have two games in hand on the uh, Capitals. But as you said, Joe, they're not playing very well. I believe they've lost three of their past four. They're getting outshot badly. They're playing in their own zone a lot. They need to, they need to worry about getting two points tonight a lot more than they do about what's going on with John Tavares.
1: Now, they did play earlier in the year. The Islanders won the game 4 nothing in Toronto on December Uh, The 29th, Um, as you guys stated, it's it's a big game, not just, you know, the other players are aware of it. It's not just the opponent. They have the Capitals coming up. They could play themselves right out of a playoff uh, position. The Islanders are going to play the rest of their home games. I guess it is called Nassau Coliseum. They're six, two and two there uh, this year. The the Maple Leafs played last night and uh, it was a blowout. It was a route. It was an easy win for them in Toronto against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers, who are a terrible team. And, you know, a, a private charter flight from uh, Toronto to New York is, you know, it's going to take them like an hour, essentially. So it's not like it's a, it's a really tough road trip for them. But, you know, Tavares, I'll say this, guys. Tavares is, he's a very, um, he doesn't have a ton of personality, sort of. But I'm going to say that, like, he's the, um, he's sort of like, the Leaf players, I don't know how fired up they're going to be for him tonight. That's what I'm just trying to say. Like, like I'm, I don't think he's the most popular guy. Like he's kind of, uh, he's kind of um, like very egotistical. Like people that know him, like you'll see, like if like you know, Mitch Marner gets like crunched and killed in the corner, you know, other players are like, whoa, whoa, hey, are you all right? And they'll go in there. I saw Tavares get lit up uh, the other night, and he was sort of on his own after the fact. Like You can tell in hockey, uh, guys, how teammates feel about players, depending on what happens after you get uh, decapitated.
4: Oh, yeah, how they react will definitely let you know what's going on here. Listen, we've all played the game. We all know players, uh, even our own teammates, that we like more than others. And Tavares maybe hasn't integrated himself uh, well into that team yet. He always reminded me of uh, like a Derek Jeter type in interviews. He's very serious, wants to win. All he's all worried about is winning and doesn't give you anything. So maybe that transfers to the uh, team as well here. Uh, listen, Toronto, their players, you mentioned they played last night. I was a little surprised that Frederick Anderson played last night against Edmonton, a bad team. I thought they might save him for the island tonight. Now, maybe he does play back-to-back games, but if it's Garrett Sparks, that's a, you know, an advantage to the islanders there. But the Maple Leafs, you know, I don't think they care about Tavares either, about what's going on in Long Island. They have to win this game for their own reasons. They're one point behind Boston for really home field, home ice advantage in the first round. They're going to play Boston first round of the playoffs. Right now, they're a point behind them. Boston's 83, uh, Toronto's 82. Both played uh, 63 games. So this game, they need once again, they need the points as well. They'd much rather play Boston at home in Toronto than on the road in Boston in that series.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, guys. This is the most discussed New York Islander hockey game that there has been in a long time. Mm. In, in, in a long time, like I know our man uh, Alex. Um, our, our boy Alex is actually a Steeler fan. I think he's in the parking lot right now. I think they're like they're they're gonna throw batteries or something at like the Maple Leafs team bus uh, when they roll in. <laughs> like Islander fans are pissed. It's a massive story um, in Canada with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was reading earlier. Oh, it's one of the biggest games of, of the year in the NHL. And Tavares got uh, 36 uh, freaking goals as well. So he's lighting it up. Uh, with the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'll have my eye on it. It's uh, it's minus 110. There's uh, there's more pressure on the on the Islanders tonight. There's pressure on them because they've lost three of their last four games. There's a ton of pressure because all year they they fly under the radar. There's never pressure on the Islanders. Nobody expects anything from them. Tonight's a game where their fans like they need this game. I know they beat Tavares, but that was in Toronto. They're gonna win this game uh, tonight. this it, it's a sellout, obviously. I think they do. The Leafs played last night. I think the Islanders are going to get it done. I'm going to call it 4-3 New York Islanders, guys. What do you got, George?
4: I certainly hope you're right. That place is going to be rocking tonight. It will be loud like a playoff game. Uh, listen, stay classy, Long Island. You want to boo-boo. Let's not throw batteries at nah, nah. them. No, yeah,
9: no uh, let's it, not do it's that.
4: Gonna, it's going to be a raucous uh, atmosphere in the, uh, at the Coliseum tonight. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a place to, uh, to be. It'll be loud here. I think this is good for the Islanders. Joe said it. They haven't played well of late. I think they need this to get their act in gear, give them a kick in the butt here. I like the Islanders tonight as well. I was going 3-2, but I'll go 4-3. If Toronto didn't play last night, I wouldn't feel the same way, but they did. Advantage Islanders.
9: Didn't they get a couple of guys back, too? Aren't they a little bit healthier than they, they have been? I think they got, was it, Hickey, uh, I think, back on the on the defense. So they got a couple of guys that have been out for a while, too.
4: That lad's terrible. I mean, that's one of the worst contracts going on in the NHL right now. He's got five years left at $7 million a year. Great job, Garth. Great job.
1: George Kurtz. Uh, Catch him uh, with my main man, Cam Stewart, Saturdays, 11 a.m. on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Enjoy the game. Uh, Go, Islanders. And Cam's actually a Leaf fan. See you, George. Morning after Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Network's Sports Byline. Shout out to all the affiliates across America, American Forces Networks, everybody tuning in, in Canada, TV, wherever you, uh, you uh, wherever you may be. Uh, we've actually got uh, some breaking news here right now, and uh, some breaking news going to make uh, both me and Joe Ranieri look uh, kind of dumber than we've had uh, in the past, uh, Joe. As- Which
9: means I lost money, didn't
1: I? Oh, dear God, like... What do they do? They put this guy in like a torture rack and like stretched him out. Oh no! It came in. Kyler Murray. How how tall? Five ten one. Oh, Fuck <laughs> Come on. He's five ten point one. Seriously? Official? Yes.
9: Oh, that's such a crock. That's that's real. I mean, I'm thinking that's five a, five lie. a lie. It's a lie. Five nine and a half. That's absurd. You don't grow half an inch. You shrink as you get older. You don't. You don't. It's uh, terrible. Awful. I want to recount.
1: Do we have uh, Do we have Russ Landy? Is he ready to go? All right. Let's Let's bring in uh, Russ Landy right now. Who? Um, are you Are you surprised by this, Russ? Five ten. And the reason we're we're talking uh, me and I'm Gabriel morenzi, and uh, the, the other voice here is Joe. He's in Florida. I'm in New York. Is Is uh, we told people a couple of days ago that the lock of the century was to bet Kyler Murray under five ten because we're degenerates, and there was a prop out there. I'm like, there's no way he's going to be over 5'10". Maybe at worst, it'll be a push at 5'10". 5'10", 1". How much of an impact does this really have in the real world? And I would imagine a lot, Russ. I think either suddenly it's like, wow, he's not that short after all.
17: Well, you're right. It, it, it really does have a big effect. I think myself, among many people, thought 5'9", was going to be where this clocked in because most teams, no matter what they tell you publicly, they overstate the height. Um I think the fact that he checks in at five ten, and almost as important as his hands measured nine and a half, which means that teams aren't going to be as concerned about his ability to hold on to the ball in bad weather. So his hand leather.
1: nine and a half. So to put in comparison, and you know, speaking of Johnny Manziel, actually Johnny had big hands too, right? That was something. Russell yep. Wilson. So what are their hands? So what? How does nine and a half compare to to others?
17: It's smaller than Johnny and Russell. I think, if I remember correctly, that Russell was almost 11. Johnny was like 10 and a quarter.
1: This is more like Lamar Jackson, isn't it? Isn't Lamar in sort of the nine and a half range type thing? Yeah, Lamar's a little
17: small. I think he's like nine and an eighth. I mean, nine is that sort of magical number that if you're below that, the history in the NFL is really bad for quarterbacks with tiny hands. I think with Murray, I think teams are probably a little bit surprised at the height. Um, It does tell you, though, that the Oklahoma people, when they came out and they said that they got them at 5'9 and eighths, tells you that they've been taught the proper way to measure guys and that they were pretty close. And you guys were wondering how we got taller. I can tell you that having measured people for years in the NFL, in the morning, guys tend to measure about a quarter inch taller than they do at night. So my guess is this measurement just took place this morning. Oklahoma probably measured their guys right before an afternoon practice. There's your difference in height. Here, yeah, God. Gotcha. You would have been great
9: information if you gave it to that two days ago before I hit the uh <laughs> the buy button on the bet. You gotta be kidding well, me. I, I didn't even realize in that. In the morning bed they're bed taller bed mouth, than they are at night. What's that? In the morning, the guys actually they, they they measure in taller
17: in the morning than they do at night? Yeah, generally, and it's just something I was taught when I was in the league is guys over the course of the day, every person your body just compresses a little bit from walking around and doing things. So anywhere from like an eighth of an inch to a quarter inch, your body is just going to compress over the course of a day. So when the NFL measures, they always measure in the morning at the combine. Wow. So there, there's no debate.
1: That's wow. some serious stuff. All right. That's what I love about it. We're learning things here, guys. That's we're learning. Right. So <laughs> let me ask you something too, Russ, because, you know, we're kind of crazy here. And, you know, I spent like an hour on this on a podcast the other day. And I think half my audience is like, what, why do you care so much? Like, what are you baffled by this? So, I was talking about the vertical jump at the NFL Combine. And, you know, Cameron Wake, like, you know, 45 and a half. Like Byron Jones, 46. But I look, for the most part, Russ, a lot of the, the higher vertical jumps were like 10 years ago and eight years ago. And, you know, like, why were people jumping higher? Like, why you know, and they're more athletic and explosive now. It was, it was just baffling to me. Like, basically, out of the top 10 vertical Combine scores... Seriously, like nine of them were like from a while ago, from 2012, 2007, 2005. Am I just crazy? Is there something there? What the hell is going on there?
17: You know, in all honesty, I never had even thought about why there is a discrepancy between so many years of why why the numbers have gone down until you mentioned it. Um, I really don't have a reason for why it would be. Uh, my question, and I, I could definitely go around and ask some people, is – I wonder if in the last ten years there's been a change or a slight um, adjustment to how they are gauging oh, yeah. the upper yeah. level of the vertical. Because I honestly have never heard that um, that it was it's been so many um, from five or seven years ago as opposed to now. So I honestly don't have a legit answer for you. I apologize.
1: No, no, there's an answer, it, and there's <laughs> got to be a reason in that in that sense. So um, let's get into some players then, then uh, guys. So as far as Kyler Murray. Is concerned. I already thought that he was going to. I already thought that he was going to uh, to be a top ten pick. But, and I also said this, Russ, and I guess you've seen this phenomenon in the past before. Everybody says the same thing every year. It's a horrible core, quarterback class. Uh, these guys aren't that good. They, they're going to make mistakes. Someone's going to make a mistake, and then boom! After the combine, by the end of next week. NFL fans in, like, 60% of the city is going to be calling talk radio shows. We better get Dwayne Haskins. We better get Kyler Murray. And I'm sure you've seen it where a guy can go from just sort of, eh, uh, to leaving the combine, and he's the buzz guy. Who's that guy that no one's talking about? Is it is it Ryan Finley? Is it Will Greer? Which guy do you think that can come out of this little process this weekend uh, with higher stock publicly and with NFL general managers than they did coming in?
17: You know, I mean, I would say it's probably Drew Locke. I mean, everybody's been talking about him as a possible first-round pick, but everybody sort of has Murray and Haskins as the top two, and Locke as a maybe a guy. I think he's going to throw the ball so well um, in the workout. I think he's going to impress in the interviews. I think all of a sudden you're going to see people discussing should he be in the mix to be the first or second quarterback taken as opposed to it being a lock that Murray and Haskins will be the top two. Now, in my eyes, just on a side note, Murray's the only quarterback I'm giving a first round grade to this year. To me, every other guy has major flaws that would preclude me from considering them guys that I want to start right away and therefore I wouldn't take them in the
1: first round. So you only, Murray's the only one. What, what's Haskins' uh, biggest flaw? Is it the lack of mobility and uh, and footwork?
17: It's it's footwork and accuracy. I think he misses a lot of throws because of that footwork, and I think because he at times rushes his process. So And I have a – I don't know what it is, but I have a real penchant or, or I get scared by quarterbacks who lack accuracy because so few have ever improved that in the NFL, and most quarterbacks who lack accuracy don't become successful starters in the NFL.
9: Mm. Let me ask you. I know the uh, Jets came out yesterday. Mike McKagan uh, said, Hey guys, for sale sign number three pick if you want it. And uh, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, that's great. But without a real top heavy class of quarterbacks, the price to go from, let's say the Giants six to three, or even further down the list, those who need a quarterback. I don't know that any teams are going to be willing to pay that price to swap with the Jets. They're They're doing the right thing by saying we're for sale, but do you think anybody will pay the price to go up there to get, I don't know, a Kyla Murray, Dwayne
17: Haskins? I mean, is there a chance? Yes. I think what it's more likely to happen is they may take a lesser deal from a team that's actually looking to get up and get one of these elite defensive players, whether it's a Josh Allen or an Ed Oliver or even a Nick Bosa, if all of a sudden quarterbacks were to go at the top of the draft. I could see a team saying, hey, we're not willing to give you what normally would happen if we were desperate to go get a Jared Goff at the top of the draft but we're willing to make a trade to move from 11 to three. And we're willing to give you something because we want to get one of these elite defensive guys, but I don't think the jets are going to break the bank in terms of getting that quarterback ransom.
1: Uh, Russ Landy with us. Uh, Russ um, let's talk a little bit about Johnny Manziel. And first off, I hope that uh, everything's all right with Johnny. I hope that, you know, it's nothing too serious, uh, you know, personally, and it's kind of tough. We don't know. So I don't, I can't speculate, but, you know, it's something when it wasn't just, wow, well, the Montreal Alouettes decided to move on and release him. It's something when the CFL commissioner says to the rest of the teams in the league, you can't sign this guy. He's not eligible to be in our league anymore. You know, you have to wonder what happened. And I bring this up to you. Um, immediately, people took to Twitter. Wow, he's going to the XFL. Oh, he's going He's going to the, the Alliance League. And I'm thinking number one, I think the guy could have some some problems that, you know, why would somebody get signed right after they just got banned from a league? And number two, quite frankly, and I follow the CFL very closely. I'm actually a Montreal Alouette fan. I was born in Montreal. Um, He really had a problem playing in the Canadian football league. Quite frankly, he wasn't good enough. He didn't have the arm strength, and he wasn't fast enough. It's a big field um it's it's a you gotta have a, a cannon you know this rush you gotta have a cannon of an arm man you gotta throw a 30 yard out to get a seven yard gain in the cfl he wasn't a match for it i don't think he's good enough to play in the xfl they are paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to quarterbacks you're gonna get a higher caliber quarterback than you get for johnny manzel not to mention the baggage not to mention vince says a no, criminal record you're out and i don't see the alliance league wanting him what's johnny's future
17: well, you know, I think the tough part for Johnny, and and I'll disagree with you a little bit, I think physically the tools are there. Um, watching him up close, seeing the way he throws the ball, I think the bigger concern is it, he is still not playing like a professional quarterback where he drops back, puts a foot in the ground, and zips the ball out. He still plays like a schoolyard quarterback yeah. where he drops back, tries to run around, make plays. That's not going to work in any league, especially the Canadian League, where the talent is vastly underrated. People down in the U.S., they don't watch enough of it. They don't realize the quality of player up there. And a quarterback just just can't come up there and run around like he's a high school quarterback, drawing plays up in the dirt and succeed. Guys like Anthony Calvillo, Ricky Ray have been really successful because they're extremely intelligent. They can anticipate what the defense is doing, and they get that ball out so fast, and they're so accurate. And I think that's where Manziel struggles. Can he play down here in the Alliance League or the XFL? It's possible, but he needs to basically reinvent the way he plays quarterback, and it may be too late in life for him to change a lot of the bad habits he has on the field. I'm not talking about character stuff. I'm saying on the field to ever really become a productive quarterback at the professional level.
1: It's funny you say that because um, in his first game, uh, Joe, with the Montreal Alouettes, so he's running around and like a couple of guys, he made a couple of guys (laughs) miss the stadium's like, oh, ah, ah. Yeah. He throws the ball, pick six. I linebacker just steps down right down in front of it, down sees down it coming from a mile away, Russ. You know. Yeah. I had that meme going for uh for quite a while there. What do you make of
9: the um? What do you make of the relationship between Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley? Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that these two guys were actually college teammates. And we know that Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray, and we know that Lincoln Riley has said, "Hey, Kyler Murray would be perfect for Cliff Kingsbury." And here's Josh Rosen, and it's the Arizona, you know, Cardinals. What, what do you think? Do you do you think Josh Rosen will be traded? Do you think there's a shot they get Kyler Murray, uh, or are they just telling us what we want to hear?
1: We should know. We're on the clock. We got uh, you got one minute, Russ. So uh, let, let it fly. I think it legitimately
17: is a possibility. I don't think Rosen is a great fit for Kingsbury and his aggressive coaching style. Um, I think they'd love to find a trade partner, get him somewhere else. And although we don't know if Kingsbury's offense is going to be successful, I think Murray and his belief in Murray may allow that offense to be as successful as it could be.
1: Mm. Russ Landy uh, with us. Well, wow, that, that was good. We, we got like another third 30 seconds left after that. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs>
9: expecting that, Russ. Wasn't expecting that. Hey, <laughs> I want to it? ramble
17: for you. <laughs>
1: All right, so um, best defensive player, in your opinion, because there's so many of them. Is it Bosa? Are you going with Bosa? Are you going? Uh, where, where are you going? Who do you think is the, is the monster a couple of years down the road? I was looking at some workout footage of, of Ed Oliver. Holy crap, that guy's an athlete, too. He, he,
17: Oliver's an incredible athlete. I probably would mean for Bosa and Quint Williams as my top two guys. Osa is remarkably gifted. I don't think he's as good as his Brother Joey. And Quentin Williams is a dominant physical force. Those are my top two.
1: All right, we got to get out of here. Great stuff, Russ. Thanks for the time, man. Russ Landy with us on a Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Network.
15: and enter the code SPORTS at checkout for $20 off. That's myevos.com. M-Y-E-V-O-Z.com.
18: Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the Sports Talk host. I can talk about all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury for my football playing days, and anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800 428 one five seven zero Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now.
1: 800-428-1570. All right, thanks to Russ Landy. Time always goes by too quickly when we're talking football. We could have went uh, on and on there. So I know that uh, Joe and the boys were talking about uh, Johnny Manziel earlier in the morning and where he could potentially uh, end up and Uh, There's there's odds out here. Let me find the um, let me get the odds up here for what league he's gonna end up in. Which, to be honest, I don't think he's gonna end up in any league. But the league that he could end up in is um, the second tier arena league. Ooh. Yeah, like that's that's no, I'm dead serious. I'm just I'm being realistic here. Like he's not going to the XFL. I'll respectfully disagree with you your guest there, you guys this morning. The XF Johnny Manziel is incapable of holding down a job, guys. Like just because somebody's available, like you know what? There's 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 dudes that are available right now outside the liquor store down the street. Yeah, but they're not they're outside. Gonna out they're, they're they're un- they're, they're not- outside the liquor store for a reason. They're unreliable. Like Johnny Manziel can't hold a job down. Yeah, like, but Johnny Manziel will make people watch, which is the only thing no, Vince Man cares
9: about. It's, oh, he's oh, he's like Cato
1: Kalen, bro, at this point. like He's a train wreck, and
9: everyone loves a good
1: train no, wreck. No, it's an old, tired, done story where now it's just you feel bad for the kid. He can't play, Joe. He, he can't play. Like, he went to the CFL. The Hamilton Tiger Cats brought him in, all right? Big splash. Big mm-hmm. splash. And you know, here's my boy right here. Me me and Johnny in, in happier times <laughs> in in Costa, in Costa Rica. He's actually a nice guy. He's actually a nice guy. Yeah, this is crazy. People are like, uh, they blame me. I'm the one that told him to play in the CFL. Now, not that he just, you know, he blatantly listened to me, but but basically, um he he hadn't signed yet. And I told him, I said, Listen, Warren Moon, Jeff Garcia, Doug Flutie, I said I said, uh, and incidentally, Warren Moon's going to be on our show tomorrow. He's going to join us tomorrow morning. I said, Warren Moon, Doug Flutie, Jeff Garcia, all played in the CFL, then had successful NFL careers after the fact. I said, if you don't know about the league, and I explained about the league, and you had a nice talk about it for a while. And he goes, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, and he ended up doing it. He couldn't win the job. He couldn't mm-hmm. beat out Jeremiah Masoli. You remember Jeremiah Masoli?
0: night you find out the morning after. Let's do this thing.
1: Morning after. Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Networks. I am Gabriel Morenci. All right, Things are picking up here. We're getting a little heated about Johnny Manziel. And uh, <laughs> we see uh, we got odds here. Johnny Manziel. What league will Johnny Manziel play his next professional uh, football game in? Ooh, I like that. Alliance League, minus 275. Oh. XFL, plus 600. AFL or IFL, which is uh, Arena League, Arena Football League, or Indoor Football League. Now, the Indoor Football League actually, like, a bunch of teams that were good split the AFL because it was so poorly run And they created the IFL. So now you have two indoor leagues nobody cares about instead of one. Um, What's the quality of the product, though,
9: Gabe? Because some guys, like I know people up in Albany, and they they swear by arena up there. They love it. It's like the only thing in town. And they they love Is it a quality product?
1: Not anymore. And uh, this is coming from someone, Joe. I watch a lot of arena football over the years. Used to love it. Yeah, I, I used to be one of these like degenerates that would look right, man. Aaron Garcia and the uh, New York Dragons are playing. Like, you right. know what I man. Like they were on Sundays on NBC. Um, it was a good league. It was a quality league. They were paying quarterbacks like three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Remember Tony oh, Graziani? Yes. Tony Graziani was in the league. You know, uh, well, Kurt Warner played in the league. Uh, remember uh, McPherson, Adrian McPherson, the kid out of Florida State. Was Gruden coaching? Was that when he was... Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jay Gruden... Ray Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden's actually probably the best arena football league quarterback ever. Orlando. Mm. Uh, And he was also a head coach. And I'll tell you what, he's a great play caller in the NFL because of the Arena League. Like, he gets guys open. Like, that quick stuff. Like, that's what Kurt Warner said. The Arena League made him a better quarterback in reading defenses. So the Arena League quality used to be pretty good. Um... You know, it used to be pretty good. Like, it was sort of guys that were, you know, all dudes in the offseason or, you know, Michael Bishop played in that league. Oh, that's... Yeah, like, it was it was quality football. It was fun football. But uh, the NFL owners came in and bought all the teams because they thought it was doing well, and that was the mistake Is they yeah. lost interest after a couple of years. But uh, we'll talk Manziel on the other side here more.
6: That's Y O U T H to 321
2: oh, 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 321. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up five quarts of Castrol Edge Full Synthetic Motor Oil for $33.99 and get a $15 O'Reilly gift card by mail. Plus, you'll earn double Rewards points during Overwards Member Appreciation Month only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit Supply. See store for details. Oh, oh, oh,
3: O'Reilly.
8: Listen to what Chris said about Andro 400.
3: couldn't believe it i feel better i have more energy i walk 12 miles a day i feel great it changed my life it really has it's really incredible
8: guys if you'd like to lose belly fat gain energy and feel great try andro 400 the safe natural and affordable way to boost your testosterone go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com
1: morning after it continues fantasy sports uh, radio and television networks we appreciate uh, you wherever you're uh, joining us uh, from across uh, north america or the world uh, this morning whatever platform medium i'm Gabriel redzi joe ranieri throwing it down i'm in uh, new york he is in uh, florida talking about johnny manzel so we got the odds here joe so these are the odds aaf minus 275 xfl and we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll break down each league after and why I think okay. and why Joe thinks or our takes on each league AAF minus -275 XFL +600 AFL or IFL +600 CIF NAL AAL I don't know is that like the alcohol <laughs> Yeah, the alcohol <laughs> I hate that. Uh, like, it's kind of a jerk move but <laughs> that's the the AAL that's the alcoholic anomalous league <laughs> Maybe he can make, the, that's just too, that's just too. Big.
9: He could be an owner. I what was going
1: to say, hey, he could be the starting quarterback. And he, and he. Is it plus 602 or is it greater? Oh, we're going to hell for that. But, Listen, but I've been in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting before, and it just made me want to drink more, actually. I'm not joking. It just makes you want to drink more. Like, I, I sat there in a meeting once, and, man, they were, they were ripping this guy because, you know, this guy was like a real, like, um, you know, he was a lifer type thing, you know what I mean? I was just there because I did a couple of crazy things, you know. <laughs> like, mm. So, um, um, it was a lifer. I went because of a chick actually, but uh, this guy's a lifer and stuff, and he actually stopped drinking. And uh, and, he's, and then he started talking about how, um, you know, now he smokes like two packs of cigarettes a day, and he's he's at home alone and he's depressed all the time. <laughs> and then they started chewing him out for smoking. That's a vice too, John. And, and I'm thinking, dear God, like, well, you know, what do you want from this guy? You want him to eat kale and tofu all day? Like, the guy's living in a crap-ass apartment alone. And he even said, he goes, now I'm sober. He goes, I'm depressed. I remember why I used to drink all the time. And I wanted to get up and say, dude, like, I'm taking you to a bar right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm the worst influence. <laughs> like, I'm like Bobby Riggs going to a, a Gambler's Anonymous meeting. Your problem isn't that your, you're gamblers. Your problem isn't that you're bad gamblers. <laughs> It's, it's so the best true. It's the best line ever. It, yep. Steve Carroll, the Bobby Riggs movie or uh, Billie Jean King, whatever it's called, Battle of the sexes. And <laughs> he's at a gamblers anonymous meeting, guys. And he's <laughs> sitting there in the back and like people are talking. Oh, I lost. And he gets up. He's like, you know, I've been listening to you all go on and on. Oh, woe is me. And oh, I've got such bad luck. And he goes, you know, you're not here because you're gamblers. You're here because you're terrible gamblers. He goes, you need an edge. You need an angle. He goes, and he busts out a pack of cards. He goes, who's dealing? Who's in? Let's go. <laughs> guy's like, all right, Bobby, Bob, Bobby, Bobby. Yep. Yeah, Bobby Riggs, you haven't seen the movie Battle of the Sex. It's really good, but okay. Alliance League. Johnny Manziel was suspended from the NFL. Is a head case. Just got barred from the CFL. Bill Polian is a very serious guy who wants the NFL to be associated with the AAF and give them players and practice roster players. It's not happening. Plus Johnny Manziel is not as good. Like talent wise. Yes. But that was then, you know what I mean? Mm. Like he used to run around and like, he never broke down tape or anything. Um, he's not, I know Hackenberg sucks. I don't know how, how Hackenberg got the job here or whatever. Now Mettenberg's the quarterback, but he's not good enough to play in the Alliance league. Like he's not like a guy you're developing that's got like that Perez kid's got a chance at least. Maybe he can be a third string quarterback in the NFL. Johnny Manziel, I have a better chance of making it to the NFL than Johnny does. And for the record, the NFL is plus twelve hundred. And if you want to do this, and I know you know I can't really do this for legal purposes, I was gonna say I'll take your bet. (laughs) (laughs) Can I do this? (laughs) Is Don on the phone? Can we speak to our legal department? Am I allowed to take people's bets on this? Like, if you if you want, like, you can send me $1,000. I'll give you $12,000 back if Johnny Manziel makes it to the NFL. Damn. Dude, it should be $120 million to one. <laughs> There's a better chance that Kim Jong-un defects, gets on the plane with Donald Trump and comes back from Vietnam than Johnny Manziel does playing in the CFO. There's a better chance that I never have a drink in the rest of my life again than he does playing in the NFL. Like, NFL joke, plus 1,200. Are you kidding me? Should be like, uh, come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Johnny
9: Manziel wouldn't
1: even place that bet.
9: Why minus 275? Did Did he? Did, is there something
1: released that all of a sudden they think he's going to the Alliance League? Uh, because Darren Rovell tweeted out that uh, San Antonio have his rights. Oh, Ooh. okay.
9: All right. So and had Darren Rovell's
1: wrong. I hate to say it, but he they don't have his rights. Well, out, my
9: question is Gabe what Birmingham do you think Iron happened? have his rights turns out. but what do you think happened here because it, obviously for TMZ not to get it for them not to say it it, it can't be law related like he, if he was popped or arrested or something happened, we probably would have heard about that. correct? Would you agree? Uh, Which means it yeah. it has to be something either medically or something where we wouldn't have access to it because I can't for the life of me figure out. How did TMZ or any other publication not come up with a Johnny Manziel arrest? If he broke some sort of law, anything we would have known about that.
1: It could have been a substance situation. I I, I don't know, but I agree in that sense that the CFL didn't do him any favors with how ambiguous this was, right? Right. It could have just said, listen, uh, Johnny Manziel has been released by the, uh, the Montreal Alouettes, and we wish him the best of luck in the future. And then just sort of tell the teams privately, you can't sign this guy. Just don't say anything and everyone will move on. But you're right. Like they left it dangling. Yeah. Well, we tried to help him. We did everything we could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we can't. He agreed. You know, yeah. like Agreed, it, agreed to what? <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it leaves it like, well, what did he do? And then it just leads to the speculation. I said yeah. off the top of the show here, John. I hate speculating. I don't know. Right. I don't know.
9: Well, I mean, look, if he smoked weed, all right, that's one thing. And that if he, that you know, would be if so stupid. If he beat the stupid. crap out of his girlfriend, yes. that's a, you know, So it does matter on a
1: certain level. Hey, listen, we, we have the picture up. Can we get the picture of me and Johnny Manziel? So this is in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Right before he signed, he was unsigned and stuff. And um, he was sort of on the comeback. He was getting back more into shape and stuff. Like, it was sort of his post really, really, like, rock bottom stuff. And we're there, and I actually put my drink down because I don't want to feel bad. I don't want him to get a picture and whatever, and like you know, and try to encourage him or anything. So I'm there, and I'm like, you know, Johnny Manziel's a nice guy, and you know, he's staying out of trouble. He didn't do anything crazy and stuff. And I find out he trashed the hotel room. All <laughs> right, he trashed the hotel room. He got extremely wasted. I guess like you know, he had a bunch of chicks there. He got into a fight with a chick. You know what I mean? It was like, no, no, it wasn't like all mellow. It was just it appeared to be mellow. Right, like, so I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, um, the thing is, he's not good enough. That's the bottom line. I mean, if he was ever good enough, he couldn't drink and do drugs in the NFL, Joe. You know what I mean? <laughs> like,
9: you know, to put that picture back up. You know, the best part about this picture, Gabe, where is that? Where is that picture? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want you guys to look at it. the best part about this picture. Is the quick hits machine you're standing in front of there up to seventy thousand dollars? All right, that's the kind of degenerate. I look at this picture. I'm looking at the quick hit <laughs> slot machine behind you at seventy grand. All right, that. I didn't even notice it was Johnny Manziel till afterwards.
1: Yeah, I think it's seventy seventy thousand Costa Rican uh, dollars. <laughs> Costa Rica. <laughs> it's a nice casino, actually. Right, nice casino. I was gonna say, is that Canada? I didn't know where that casino was. It's the the Sheridan Hotel Casino in uh, santa Santa Ana, uh, Costa Rica. Oh, and yeah. it's one of only two one of only two casinos in Costa Rica to have sports books. Ooh, yeah, and it's not a sports book. They have a betting machine. It's like a kiosk. Oh damn. yeah, yeah, they, but the thing is it's really cool, Joe. They have like an ultra hot Costa Rican chick. Oh. And so it's like she's smoking. And she speaks English. And, like, if you have a problem figuring it out and stuff. She helps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time mm-hmm. I, I was tipping her and stuff, she loved me because I'd cash out the ticket and they would spit out U.S. money out of the machine. <laughs> yeah, That's here awesome. you go. I was, I was throwing it around. Uh, making it rain. Um, Love it. So, yeah, AF, I, I don't see it happening. The guy's got personal issues, obviously. XFL. So, here we have the quote uh, from uh, from Vince McMahon. And Johnny Manziel, too, he just doesn't get it. So Vince McMahon says, We evaluate players based on many things, including quality human beings that they are. If you have any sort of criminal record or you've committed a crime, you're not playing in this league. Johnny Manziel responds on Twitter, Oh, man, looks like I'm not eligible for the XFL. Looks like I go to my backup plan and apply at Barstool Sports. (laughs) Probably uh, more realer than you think, Johnny.
11: That's 800-570-9631.
9: And for serious players, the fantasy football has now become a year-round pastime. And Roto Experts, well, they've got you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including... The best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Metek and the Roto Experts, well, they're providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year so you can get an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. You can save 10% now at rotoexperts.com. Use the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the code F-N-T-S-Y. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at RotoExperts.com. And welcome in. Happy Thursday. It's the morning after. I'm Joe Ranieri, and it is the perfect time for another edition of Gabe Morenzi's Get Off My Lawn. Hey, you kids. Get
16: off my lawn.
9: I can uh, I can assure you that Gabe is coming here. As a matter of fact, I do think somebody actually threw him off his lawn. But uh, but he'll get there. He's going to find a lawn in a second. But uh, we are in in fact waiting for another measurement for Kyler Murray, which if you're just joining us, he is over five foot ten inches tall, which means Gabe and I uh, lost a few bucks there on that bet. Lucky us there. Oh no. How's he doing? Is he still all right? Is he still there? Yeah. All right, very good. All right, there you go. Uh, yes, but that's uh, he is not. Also, they're making a big deal of his hand size. Kyler Murray right now at the uh, combine. Uh, apparently, his hands are big enough to hold a football. Who knew? I, I'm amazed at what they what they go through at this combine to try and convince themselves and everyone else just how how good an uh, NFL player these guys are going to be. Because I think we can all I think we've all seen enough NFL drafts where we realize. This is a crapshoot, one way or the other. I mean, as good as the Patriots have been over 20 years, do you know how many how many times they've whiffed? I mean, so you've got uh, you got Kyler Murray over 510. Kudos to those who had it. Now, let's get back to Gabe Marente, who says, "Get the hell off my lawn, damn it."
16: All
1: right, I don't like uh, throwing New York Islander fans out of the bus, but uh, this is exactly what I'm going to have to do here. Um, I got a soft spot in my heart uh, for the Islanders, very similar to the Brooklyn Nets. I like their story. I like how they've been left for dead. I like how they're basically like the uh, the third-class citizens, and you know, you got the Rangers. I see a ton of Devils gear all the time, and then uh, you know, nobody really talks about the Islanders all that much, except uh, they are tonight as John Tavares returns to the island. It's been uh, you know, nine years he was a New York Islander and uh, he left for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, we're hearing these videos and these sob stories and, oh, you know, he left us and he's a traitor. He's a snake. He's a backstabber and everything else uh, in between. It almost makes me think that like John Tavares, I don't know, was he born like uh, in Uniondale? Was he born in NASA? Did he go to Hofstra? No. He's from Toronto, and I hate to say this, Islander fans, but your team has sucked, all right? <laughs> like, your team has sucked since Mike Bossy was there, all right? Um, you know, Brian Trotche ain't walking through the door anytime soon, all right? I don't see Butch Goring, all right? Like, the New York Islanders have been an abyss. Like, honestly, like, the New York Islanders for a long time were basically like the Cleveland Browns, or now we should, like, say the the, the new Cincinnati Bengals, but... I don't even know where to start, like, with the ineptness of this franchise over the years. From, um, you know, from Gar Snow being hired general manager to the DiPietro contract to the million stupid trades that they've made. You know, and people make fun of uh, the Charles Wang guy, may rest in peace, uh, because um, he suggested uh, that they should get, like, a sumo uh, wrestler to be their goalie. It's actually the smartest thing he ever said. And it really would work. The thing is... You can't really find a guy big enough because there'll always be holes in the net. And they actually did a study with it. I've always wondered the same thing: Why can't you just take an extremely large, fat dude and just put him in the net and tell him, "Don't move, don't move"? But I've seen, uh, I've seen conclusive studies about it, and you know they can't move. So basically, people can score, uh, nevertheless. But I don't really understand how people. I get it. You're jilted. You don't like the guy. You're upset. And he should have been more upfront. I totally get that. But you're talking about a dude that went back home. You're talking about a dude that grew up in freaking pajamas, dreaming of playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, oh, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs were actually good. Now, it worked out for the best. The New York Islanders somehow are a better team without uh, John Tavares. Uh, but this stuff about how he's a snake, he's a traitor, he's a backstabber, and everything else in between, you guys don't even have a freaking arena to play in. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's be real here about this, all right? You're, you're, the arena holds like 13,000 people. You know, there's you can't even see the puck uh, in Brooklyn. The sightlines are terrible. The, the arena is too dark. It wasn't built for hockey. So you out all this up, and I think John Tavares should be the one telling people to get the hell off of his lawn. Get off my lawn.
4: Hey, you kids. Get off my lawn.
9: It's just uh, Islander fans. Uh, all of a sudden, they got a uh, they got a few wins going. They're battling uh, for a first place spot now. They're puffing out their chest. They're like, "Look at me!" I mean, if they had 14 wins on the season, uh, nobody'd even care. But uh, now they feel That's like they got to say something. You know, now they got to say they got to feel like they got to say something and be like, "Hey, we're relevant, Tavares. Look at us." And uh, the truth is. Uh, uh, he went home, guys. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but he went home. And while so many Islander fans have moved past it, Gabe, uh, there's always going to be that, that one part of the fan base that is just never going to let go. But the truth is, the Islanders as an organization are probably thrilled because this place is going to be rocking, all right, with him in it. So it, at least the, they'll make a few bucks on the side of it.
1: If you notice, like, uh, this didn't happen as much in the old days because there wasn't nearly as much player movement. Um, you know, players would be with teams for you know most of their career, and then maybe another team after or whatnot. But now it's just sort of constant. You notice, Joe, and like you stated, it's good for business. You notice, like the biggest games all the time, like when schedules are announced. What's the first thing? What What's the first thing people are gonna say? Like when the NFL schedules announced? Oh man, Antonio Brown's playing Pittsburgh on October thirteenth. Of course. That, you know what I mean? That's That's the first thing. I've flown back to Toronto for one game this year. What game did I fly back for?
9: And you had it circled as soon as, soon as it came out, didn't you?
1: Yes. DeMar DeRozan's yeah. return. Yeah. Right? Kawhi Leonard's return to San Antonio is insane. You know, that we're in this era now where you know it almost helps sell sports. You know, like it sucks that, yeah, there's so much player movement and it's tough. You can't get attached to players. Like, look, I like Kawhi Leonard. He's one of my favorite players. Like, yeah, I love the kid in San Diego State. I'm a big Steve Fisher guy. I've always been a big Kawhi Leonard fan, but I ain't buying, like, a Kawhi Leonard jersey. I don't know if the guy's going to be back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) So, it's one of those deals. Like, I don't get attached. And I won't get mad at Kawhi. I might have a a quip here, too, in an emotional state, maybe. But I don't have a problem, Joe, with guys leaving as free agents. You've earned that right. It's your life. Mm -hmm. I don't want someone telling me, oh, you're a loser if you don't want to live in Toronto. How dare you move to the, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, screw you. What? I don't like guys like Anthony Davis that pull this crap when you got a year and a half left on your contract. No, no, you got to earn. You play through the contract. Hey, go to wherever the hell you want after. That's your right. I don't blame you. It's your life. You pick and choose. But I hate guys that bolt mid-contract. And Kawhi didn't bolt mid-contract. He had a dispute with the doctor. It's a different story, but you know what I'm saying.
9: Yep. No, it gives them their right. I mean, listen, we're all they're making business decisions here. It was a different time. You know, the idea to Islander fans of like Mike Bossy playing for somebody else, uh, you know, during that era or Billy Smith or, you know, leaving the island. It was unheard of. It never happened. These guys also weren't making the kind of money that they're making today. It's a business, and it wasn't about the money for Tavares. You guys should have seen that. You offered her more money than Toronto did, and <laughs> you know, and and that kind of pissed them off too a little bit, saying what you didn't take the that, money. That's
1: but- the that's the little turn, isn't it? When like you yes. offer more money, it's like ah, I'm still leaving. <laughs> like, and you're still out of here. Yeah, yeah. That's you know you know who's really going to be hated in the city if he doesn't sign Bryce Harper. In Philadelphia, like because they've done everything, they've offered I him everything. It's for lack of effort. Yeah, it ain't for lack of yeah, effort. Yeah, and it's basically he doesn't want to live in Philadelphia for ten years. This is essentially what it's getting to. They can say, yeah, you get that fat check, and then B, well, all right, you're moving to Philadelphia tomorrow once you get the money. And I'm not saying Philadelphia is not a good city if you're a professional athlete or what. I have nothing against the city of Philadelphia, but if you're Bryce Harper. You know what I mean? Washington's, like, pretty upscale and stuff, you know, compared to Philly, at least. Like, you know, the Georgetown and the, 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 the yep. politicians and stuff. Philly's H- a pretty yeah. blue-collar yeah. city. They're <laughs> yep. going to turn on him freaking fast, all right? His little, his little hairstyles and the gels and the, yep. and the stuff out there and all the money. He goes in a slump. Hey, Harper, you suck. He's not the type of guy that can take that. Like, you know, he goes to L.A. and it's like, whatever. You're in the sun, you're close to Vegas, you're in your little comfort zone. I think he knows this. I think he thinks, yeah, it might be cool in the summer, but what when it gets cold and rainy and we're out of it and they blame me for the next five years, right? Like, uh, because we don't win. I think that's why he's he's a little cautious. But I find it interesting, like, the biggest games of the year now all the time are are the comeback games. You know, when's Harper going to go back to Washington for the first time? Blah, blah. That's the era we live in now.
9: Well, no worse fan base to piss off than Philadelphia. But by the same token, um, they would have taken a bull. You sign with them, they'll have your back forever.
1: Forever. The Dodgers, I think the Dodgers are going to get them. I think the Dodgers make the most sense. And uh, we'll talk about the Dodgers' offer and deal uh, on the
20: other side Mm. here.
3: Arts.
10: Exit Team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract. They've helped thousands of people, and they're A-plus rated with a BBB. So if you feel scammed, get mad, and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now, guaranteed. Call N-O-W.
11: 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. That's 800-804-7060.
1: Morning after Fantasy Sports our Radio, Television Networks. I'm Gabe Moretti, throwing it down with Joe Ranieri. Mm. Uh, George Kurtz uh, joined us earlier. We talked to the Islanders. Tavares, uh, the return uh, game is uh, basically a pick of minus 110 on both sides. I think you can make a case for both teams. Uh, a lot of pressure on the New York Islanders, though, the fan base. Well, like I said, it's one thing when you're an upstart team, and we see this with the Brooklyn Nets who got tattooed last night. It's different when you're favored, and suddenly the building is filling up, and people expect you to win. There's more pressure, and there's a lot of pressure on the Islanders because of the the situation with Tavares, their fans, not to mention the playoff situation. They have the Washington Capitals up next. It's just it's a big game, and um, you know it's a revenge spot for the Leafs as well. The Leafs lost four nothing to the Islanders. Um, in December, right? So, you know, they're aware of how fired up. I mean, the the electricity is going to be big. So, you know, the Leafs are going to feed off this as well. I tend to think that the Islanders are going to get this done, though. I'm going to call a 4-3. Islander win. Uh, we'll get into uh, we'll get into more of the games. Uh, we talked little NFL uh, with Russ Landy. We talked about how uh, Kyler Murray. If you're just joining us, so uh, Kyler Murray checks in at 5-10-1. Joe. Ugh. Just, you can't. believe this, what Russ said, like about like getting no. getting measured yeah. earlier in the day as opposed to yep. later in the day?
9: Yeah, that would have been some quality information to have uh, two days ago before we placed the bet. That would have been really uh, would, uh, that <laughs> would have been great. Yeah, because no, I, I would first have thing I would ask is when are they measuring them in the
1: afternoon or in the morning? Like what's happening here? Yeah, But if I would have told you the other day, I would have said, I don't know, Joe, let's be careful because if they measure him in the morning we thinking, man, Lorenzi's just a you know, guy's smoking weed all the time. Like, he's talking about like <laughs> <laughs> about like what time of day exactly. you're getting measured. Yeah. Exactly. I like though that yes. even like my vertical, my vertical leak question, it caught him off guard. He's like, I never really yes. thought of it before. <laughs> like
9: Yeah. I d I don't think I, I don't really have an understanding, but you're right though. If you start looking at those it's numbers. True. Yeah,
1: they've been decreasing. I don't know. Like, what is it? Like I, I think I think he was right without even knowing he's right. Mm. When he said they must be doing it a second, like a little different, you know what I mean? Yeah, they must they have measure. said, "Hey, we're me- we're not measuring this properly." You know what I mean? Before, right. like, yep. because they tweak these things. Well, can you believe
9: Kyler Murray won because he's not five nine and three quarters? He's just over five foot ten, and somehow that uh, that quarter in. all of a sudden a quarter inch is not worth one. how many millions? Point what? one. Oh, I can't. So five, 10 sudden, point now he can play quarterback in the NFL. Now he's yes. go, OK. Now you're good. And
1: Russ and you heard Russ even go. Yeah, it's true. It changes everything. <laughs> what? It changes and, 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 like you said, like if he came in, you said, like you said, he comes in and the real number is like, oh, he's five, nine, two. Yeah. People be like, uh, yeah, he's a little short. And yeah. Five, ten, one. Twitter's blowing up, bro. Yeah, Carter's blowing up. There's already people. Number, oh, he's giving me the number one pick. They're trading. Everyone's trading up to get him now. That's it. Like you that, said, that's it. The okay. the point four. Like, what is even that, Joe? What is it like? What is on thumb like? What is it like? So it's nope. like a little like speck on my bald head sticking up. It's like, oh, like imagine yeah. that. Like, uh, Gabe's that uh, Gabe's too short. Oh, look at that. Wait, no, no. Oh, you're, you're nope. good to go.
9: Yep. Welcome to the to league. Go. Yeah.
1: Absurd. It's because they can convince themselves too. Like, yeah. no, and, and then they're acting, acting 5, like, 10.
9: Oh, his, his hands, he, he can actually grip a football. What? What, what are we talking about here? Of course he can grip a football.
1: Yeah, NFL. Well, NFL, the, the NFL hand size, that's something that they're obsessed with. Yeah. Even more they're, so. Yeah. Like, even it's true, it sounds crazy. But, guys, if you didn't know that at home, they obsess for over. What did you heard them say? Anyone with a hand under nine's never been successful in the NFL. Nope.
9: If yeah, no. he can grip a football. That was uh, breaking news here. Now they're all excited because he's got what nine and a half. Well, oh, it's nine and eight. There was some question if it was going to be nine and three quarters, but it's actually nine and a half. Oh, well, all right then. Wait, yeah, you know what what what's crazy? What is, a successful combine.
1: Yeah, you know what's crazy though, Joe, is that Johnny Manziel has massive hands. I guess it helped yes. hold to hold the bottle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. So you got, and I hate to put it in these terms. Just because you have a a big, uh, big unit, like, let's say you got a big piece of junk, doesn't mean you're going to do well in a porn movie or a porn shoot.
9: (laughs) Just think about how many grande lattes he can hold now that he's Johnny Barista, because that's his next job. He could be working (laughs) at Starbucks, babe.
1: All right. So right away, I like this. Kyle Murley's hat size means nothing. And here's the proof. Man, people, we're, we're just insane in the media, aren't we, Joe? Like we're yeah, sitting, not good. we're yeah, debating 20-year-old no, kids' hand sizes and getting mad mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. No, it matters!
9: <laughs> like,
16: yeah,
1: it definitely matters. It definitely matters. All right, for all the talk about Kyler Murray's height, uh, he's starting to be an expectation, all right, 5'10", blah, blah. There's not a quarterback in the NFL that has a smaller hand size than nine. A nine-inch hand from the span of the thumb to the pinky. Um, oh, sit, Listen to this. This is the smear campaign. They're saying that Murray's uh, hands is probably only like eight and a half or 8.7. And you heard Russ Landy say the biggest thing that surprised me was that his hand was nine five. I'm right. telling you, dude, I said, so we called this Joe. We said yep. by the time he entered the combine, people so go true. gaga over everything. Yep. Josh Allen last year, went into the kid that can't see. He's inaccurate too. Did you see him throw it 80 yards? Sign him. Like, mm. look, yep. Kyler Murray is now two for two. Height, people blow up. Hand size, people blow up. He does a good interview. He's going in the top three now. Like yeah, this is where we're at. And he doesn't have to throw the ball. And he's not. He's, he said he's not throwing the ball. Why would he? He doesn't have to. Yeah. He made. He you got made nothing height. to gain from throwing the ball. I'm not even gonna call him out. He's got nothing to gain by doing it. <laughs> he made height, man. Can you believe it? He made hype. Uh, can you imagine behind the scenes him <laughs> high fiving his agent, like, son of a bitch? Yeah. Like, yeah. I guarantee you right now, his <laughs> agent is taking calls and they're uh, like, he said, Kyler, bro, we just went from 13 to 5, bro, in about three Cha-ching, hours. Baby. You know what I mean? Like, you even heard Russ say, I like him better than Haskins. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, dude, the hype is going to build. It's all about hype. All yep. right, so let's get into the hand sizes here more. All right. Uh, Russell Wilson is uh, 10.14. Drew Brees is also 10.14. So he's coming in at 9.5. I was pretty sure. All right, here we go. We have the sizes. So perfect example here where this could be a bunch of crap. Okay. okay. Biggest hand. We'll play a little game here. <laughs> Big, Biggest hand quarterback in the NFL right now, Joe. Who you got? I'd say uh, Roethlisberger. burger. You know what? I, it's not a bad guess, but it's actually not him. Oh. Um, Phillip Rivers? Dak Prescott. Really? Yeah. 10.875. Okay. He's a big head. He's a big dude, too. All right. Mate. So, well, how would you say he's a for, for quarterback on a scale like, like, is he? Good quarterback, great quarterback, average quarterback? What do you think he is? He's in that, you know,
9: uh, Better than 10 average. range. He's, he's in that, yeah. I mean, if I was going to, he'd, he'd be in that top 10 range somewhere along, maybe 10, 11, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I'd give him, I'd, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. I'd say, you know, stuff talking about 12-ish, you know what I mean?
9: Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't that dislike him. Here.
1: I don't dislike right. him, but I don't love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, he's sort of like a Ryan Tana. He's all right. Um yeah. So, second biggest hand in the league, and this is a great example as to why it doesn't matter, Paxton Lynch. Oh. Oh. Great. Third Maybe biggest hand Elway, in the league. Cody Kessler. Him. Cody Kessler. <laughs> Cody, Kessler. <laughs> so oh, Cody, Cody Kessler sucks. Come on. So that's why Cody Kessler gets drafted in the third round. They're like, oh, I he's from it. USC. Look at his hand. Like, yeah. Yeah, so what? All right, Josh Allen. Fourth biggest hand. This kid can throw the ball, though. Yeah, but he's not running with his hands. No, but he's also, he's just a big kid, yeah. Like, he is a big dude. He's just a big guy. Like, uh, yep. Uh, once again, no perception of reality, Joe. Last year, Buffalo Bills, they like Josh Allen. Why? Well, you know, he played, he's Wyoming, right? He's played, played, played in the snow and tough, tough big farm boy, big kid. Yeah, a yeah, tough big farm boy from the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Josh yeah, Allen yeah. from California. He went to like this. He's from the same neighborhood as Aaron Rodgers. Like, he, he's like, Aaron Rodgers is his guy. Like, he's a Bay Area dude. He only went up to Wyoming because nobody wanted him, <laughs> like, basically. So he went to Wyoming. Carson Wentz got a 10 inch hand. Baker Mayfield, 9875. Marcus Mariota, 9875. Johnny Manziel, 9875. Trevor Simeon, 9875. Josh Rosen, 9875. Deshaun ah. Kaiser 9875, Nate Peterman 9875. Ugh. Seems like 9875 is a pretty common number. Yes, it is. All right, so I was right, man. I said Lamar Jackson 95. That's exactly what he is. Mitch Trubisky 95. So let's look for some. Okay, hand size. Pat Mahomes 925. He's got one of the smallest hands for a starting quarterback in the league. Pretty good quarterback, though, I'd say. Yeah. Hello. Sam Darnold, small hand, 925. Jared yeah, Goff, that. nine. Really? Yeah. All right, now we're getting too detailed here with hand size versus fumble rate. Versus, yeah. And really I got, a no, I got a graph rate. here. Hand size in cold weather. I don't. I just... Um. Did you see, so Mike Vrabel, guys, uh, Tennessee Titan head coach. Uh, Basically, I love, I like this guy a lot. He's a class act. I met him. I've had him on the show. Really nice guy. I don't like the Patriots, but Mike Vrabel on the Combine. Ultimately, your resume is the film. Uh, I like. He's so old school. I like it. He's old school, but he's good. New school, still Vrabel. He goes, I can emphasize to those players and what they go through, the nitpicking that goes on at the Combine. Ultimately, the resume is the film. Can the guy go out there and play? Vrabel's not a fan of the combine and you're, oh, this little vertical and what you jumped up and down with. Like, he wants to know, are you a football player? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, Vrabel, that's the thing. We've talked about it. Combine kings, John Ross, Combine king. Uh, what, what, what did it get him? Uh, John Gruden says Derek Carr is our franchise quarterback. Uh, everyone's on, on the defense uh, right now. I see the uh, the dude in, um, in Pittsburgh is saying, oh, well, maybe we won't trade Antonio Brown. No, no, you're going to trade Antonio Brown.
9: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: It's coming. You're going to trade Antonio Brown. So one by one, though, sort of the teams, the Jets are out. It doesn't look like the Jets are in for Antonio Brown. I didn't yeah. think that he was a good fit for the Jets anyways. And as you mentioned, the Jets are looking to drop down a little bit in the draft. And I think it's a smart move for them. You know, you drop down, let's say, they're dangling the quarterbacks. They were baiting the Giants. Did you see the comment when yep. they said, well, would you do business with the Giants? And he goes, I don't see why not. He said, whatever. He goes, and he even said, I know their situation. <laughs> God, like, yeah. he like, sort of, I got the third pick. He said, it's nice to have the third pick. And basically, you got the third pick. You're going to get a chance to get a Haskins. You're going to get a Kyler Murray. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out um, over the next couple of days and how the hype grows. But I'm telling you, do you feel different now about Kyler Murray going in the top nine and a half? Nope. Still think he's going to go
9: to the. uh, I still think he's going to go to the Dolphins, somewhere around that 12, 13.
1: Uh, You're crazy.
9: You're crazy. Telling you. Listen, there was no bigger hype around the draft than Tim Tebow. Where'd he go? Yeah, that's different though, Tim Tebow. (laughs)
1: Is that, different? yes, it is <laughs> actually. Well, you know, Tim Tebow's Man also a baseball got, player, is he's a great. No, no God I know,
9: on his side, how is it any different? No,
1: but people, that's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, God, bigger listen, hype ever, God, God's given Tim Tebow a lot, like, he has a reason to be religious. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you didn't Give win a super size. ball, it's like, dude, same hand size. The thing is, Tim Tebow can't throw the football like Kyler Murray can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> morning after continues fantasy sports radio television networks.
10: Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money and guess what? They can legally take it, all of it, if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do? Fight back by letting our team of experts at the tax helpline work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money.
11: That's eight hundred nine three two seventeen forty
21: nine. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government
11: Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
15: Being a new parent means every high and low you can imagine. and enter the code SPORTS at checkout for $20 off. That's myevos.com. M-Y-E-V-O-Z dot com.
1: Morning after Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Maranci, throwing it down with uh, Joe Ranieri. Vona will get us uh, caught up to date uh, in a couple of moments' uh, time, including the fact that uh, the big noise, news of the day, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray, 5'10", Man, I thought, you know, wow. Didn't, didn't see that one coming. Uh, we're seeing a c- comparison here. I guess uh, Russell Wilson is 5'10", uh, 5, 5, Kyler Murray is 5'10", Kyler Murray weighed 207 pounds. Russell Wilson weighed 204 pounds hand size, 10.14, hand size, 9.5 for Kyler Murray, 10.14. So Wilson's hand, just a little bit bigger. But the comparisons to Russell Wilson will now continue and grow now, Joe, that yep. their body types are basically identical. And Russell Wilson played baseball as well.
9: Yeah. I mean, but we also got to remember, too, Russell Wilson was a third-rounder, was it? Third? Yes, good call.
1: Yeah, I yeah he was to a third-rounder. yeah and- so- and Russell Wilson also played football for three years. He started for a bunch of years. Kyler yeah, Murray at North
9: Carolina it. State and Wisconsin. Yes. So it wasn't yeah. So he's you know, the guy uh he should have been he actually should have been drafted higher than what he uh what he actually was. But yeah, and you're gonna get those comparisons, but that's that's not fair either. I mean, what I think he was uh,
1: You could argue that Kyler Murray was a better college quarterback than uh the Russell Wilson was.
9: Yeah. I, yes. You. Well. Listen. He. He played for. The we're system, talking about a guy. Yeah. yeah. He played in a totally different system You're than he did. You're not throwing
1: six touchdown passes playing for no. Barry Alvarez of Wisconsin. <laughs>
9: Thank you. Yeah. It's not happening. You know. Or. Uh, or the guy at North Carolina State either. It's just not what it was. But very athletic baseball, good to go. You know. We knew he was an athlete, but to me, it's also above shoulders. Russell Wilson's actually one of the smarter more elusive quarterbacks that we have in the NFL, which is what makes him so dangerous is his ability to be able to get out of situations. I, he played, played in a big 12 against defenses that give up 50 points a game. I, I know. I don't know what he's got.
1: I know. I know. The, the, listen, the, who, the big 12 quarterbacks before this were um, Brandon Whedon. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like really, i off top of my, who's the big 12 quarterback before the modern guys. None of them.
11: one That's eight hundred four seven zero seventy one thirteen.
0: To find out the morning after. Let's do this thing.
1: All right, we're into level three. Morning after. I am Gabriel Moretzi. Uh, throwing it down, Studio 34, Midtown Manhattan. Joe Raneri is in Miami, uh, Florida. Uh, we've talked uh New York Islander, Toronto Maple Leaf hockey uh, tonight due to the return of uh, John uh, John Tavares uh, to the island. Uh, George Kurtz uh, joined us. Uh, we've talked a little football combine. Kyler Murray with Russ Landy, a longtime scout. Uh, he joined us, the Prez, from Wager Talk. will step up and in and join us at about uh, 15 minutes' time. Uh, we'll give you guys uh, some picks uh, as well. Later on in the radio show, um, we talked DFS. Uh, Drew Dickmeyer should be joining us uh, tonight, I believe it is. Um we got to get Drew back on this show in the morning actually. Smart uh, smart guy. a uh, bunch of games in the NBA uh here the this evening. So we'll we'll leave you a couple of uh, DFS tips before we get out of here uh today as well. Um Kevin Love looks like a player that the computer is uh, in love with and you want to talk about a player guys that's been lighting it up recently, Mitchell Robinson, Joe of the uh, the New York Knicks. Mm. This kid's really putting up some big numbers right now and I don't know, the Knicks have won, like, three of their last four games. They're three-point favorites tonight, and I think Knicks fans are starting to panic a little bit that they're winning too much on the way out here. Like, like, come on, guys. Like, you can't even tank properly, but you can't expect guys to go to the arena wanting to lose. I always talk about this with tanking. Organizations want to tank. Mm. Like, the, you know, the owner wants to tank. The coach, you know, is it on the tank process? But if you're a player, you don't want to tank. Like, you, you're you not going to go out there and suck because, number one, they're asking you to tank so they can replace you with a new mm. kid. Number two, you tank, and they're like, listen, imagine I tell you, listen, we need you to tank, and we're going to draft this kid and be better for us in the end. What happens to you when you're a free agent and your stats suck? You think you can say, <laughs> well, the Knicks wanted me to miss shots and tank, right? Like, so when teams tank... It's really the coach that's putting bad players on the court, or he's trying to screw them over and not win, actually. But players, players on the court tank. are always going to try Organizations
9: to win. Tank. And, you know, Mitchell Robinson
1: tank. And, and Alonzo Cheer aren't taking a court thinking, well, I don't want to win this game because it's going to help no. us get Zion Williamson. Athletes nope. don't think like that. You know that, Joe. Nope, No. Nope.
9: Players they, uh, don't
20: tank. I told they, you they um, yep. You know,
7: higher indeed the world's number one job site source com total visits
23: hi i'm keith Urban. i believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education music education programs in our schools help kids learn socialize gain confidence and stay in school but they need your help to survive the mr holland's opus foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play with your help
1: Uh, morning after continues fantasy sports radio and television networks. So I apologize if I talked over something. Uh, things uh, things went silent. Silence. All right. Uh, so it is the morning after. The Preds gonna join us in about uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes time. Actually, we get to some uh, plays of the day. Uh, But uh, let's throw down uh, we've been talking about, uh, Kyler Murray. But what do we got going on now, Sean? Do we have some cool graphics or any sound effects or anything cool like this?
12: No, I have questions for you and Joe here that I want to see.
1: No music? No jingle?
12: We have uh, a (laughs) cheesy name for it called The Great Debate. I don't know. I kind of want to work on that a little bit
1: before I throw that out there kind of lame, yeah.
12: It is kind of lame, right? So I was yeah. like, ah, I'm not going to go with that. So oh, just no, no, great debate. No, about it that. sounds
1: too much like, uh no. <laughs> Here's some music here. Here you go. I'm not a fan music. of it. Like, uh... oh, let's see.
12: Thumbs up, thumbs down.
1: Oh, boy. Sounds like no, a 19- down.
9: late 1970s uh, 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 TV show here is what we got. It's like sounds like Barney Prince Charles is walking in the room or something. Yeah. Barney Miller meets... uh uh, Barney Miller would be better. Doo-doo. Yeah, Barney Miller would be much better, actually, yes. No, we need right. more. You know, that's that's too, too
1: regal. That's too that's royal. Too we need all something right. more. Uh... i with yeah, you, No, that's way too
9: classy for this group.
1: Yeah, we need something more like uh, jingle We need
9: more Sanford and Son.
1: Game show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got that? All right. <laughs> we While we summer. look for that. <laughs> all right.
12: All Joe, right. here, you take the first question, Joe, and then Gabe, Go. I want you to argue the other side. You Go. Ready? All right. We found out about Kyler Murray's height today. It's a shade mm-hmm. over 5'10", as you guys have been talking about. Hand size, oh, 9 mind. and 4 eighths. Yes. FYI, Dwayne Haskins came in at 6'3 three and 3 8 Hand size, 9 and 5 eighths. So, Joe, which quarterback prospect would you rather have at the next level, Murray or Haskins? <sighs>
9: Well, listen, Murray is the better athlete. He's a a dual sport athlete. We know this. A, A lot of that question centers on who is the organization. Because I will say this, Haskins is a better fit for the majority of the NFL teams right now. Kyler Murray is as, listen, as talented as he may be, as big an athlete as he is. The problem is if you take him, you've got to rearrange your entire organizational from a... The offensive philosophy, coaching, staff. If you're going to take him, you better be prepared to change everything from top to bottom. Haskins, you don't. Haskins is a guy that's going to play in the AFC North. He's a guy that can go to Pittsburgh and play in December, Baltimore, play in December, uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Um, he's the kind of quarterback that would fit perfectly in that division. Colin is not playing. Uh, in Cleveland or Pittsburgh he's he's not going to be successful in you know minus 12 degrees and 30 mile an hour winds not his game it's not what he does he's a very uh, situational quarterback meaning the right situation for the right franchise I just think Haskins uh, caters to more people he is more of a uh, typical prototype typical quarterback that would fit
1: in the NFL than Murray is
12: Gabe, could you make a case against what Joe just said?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with some of what he said, and I'll disagree uh, with some in that. I get it. I I do understand that, Joe. I mean, you have to to make your offense. You have to create your offense around someone like Kyler Murray, even though Lincoln Riley said that's not the case, and he ran the exact same offense that he did with Baker Mayfield, and none of the play calls that he did uh, were due to anyone's size. Now, we should note, 89%, guys, 89% of Kyler Murray's passes in college came from the pocket. So he's just Mm. not an automatic runner. But where I'm going to agree with Joe, I think there's more upside to me with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins has a stronger arm, more NFL window type of arm. Listen, Kyler Murray can bomb it. The guy's in center field. He can bomb it. But Haskins has that sort of just NFL zip. Where you know zero to thirty quickly, the ball's going to get out and he's going to get there fast. And my deal is too, where with with Haskins is, you know nobody talked about Josh Allen being a great runner except me. Mm. I brought it up because I saw him a couple of times, just run people over in college, and I know that he was pretty he's pretty nimble for a big dude. And you can learn to run because Dwayne Haskins didn't run at Ohio State doesn't mean that. He'll never run in a National Football League. Secondly, show me a running quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, Russell Wilson is mobile. He extends plays and throws it. So this whole running stuff, we were running this, running that. Where I will disagree, though, and I'm all over the place on this, is that I think he can play. Look, Lamar Jackson's at Baltimore. It's not like the weather's beautiful in Norman, Oklahoma, and the weather's great in, in the Big 12. Um you know, we talked about Josh Allen, the kids from California. You know, Aaron Rodgers had basically never seen snow before he went to Green Bay. California kid played at Cal, right? Now is known as, oh, he's the uh, he's the cold-weather guy. Brett Favre grew up in Mississippi, and he didn't play in these, like that, those type of weathers. The guy was like the ice king when it was all said and done. So I don't think we can gauge, you know, whether players going to be able to handle the cold or, or not. Um, but ultimately... If I'm drafting, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Haskins. As you look at the gimmick quarterbacks, they're really good, but when it comes down to it, man, you need a guy that can throw the football. You need a guy that can throw that twenty three yard A, he's open. He's gonna be open and zing it before he's open. Right? The anticipation. I like how Haskins can break down things. I'm going with Haskins over Murray.
12: All right, uh, now we have some music for this next question. All right. Here we go. Let's see if you guys like this.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's much better. better All right. Yeah. That's good. Good yeah, work. Call, yeah. Much I'm better. I'm
12: skip the Bryce Harper question because we only have a few minutes here. Lady Gaga was on Jimmy Kimmel last night and said she's not in a relationship with Bradley Cooper. Now I'm not. No, I'm. Not, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Cooper's dating a Russian supermodel. Irina Sch- Shank. Yeah, there's there, there's the pick of her. Pretty hot. Now, Gabe, can you make the case for Lady Gaga over Irina?
1: No, I cannot.
12: <laughs> can you, Joe? <laughs> Please, Joe, make
1: a case. There, there's like, there, no, like, we'll keep this debate or shorter. Like, no, I can't. And I like how oh, people are the other night, and I didn't watch that crap. And i never seen that movie. It's a ripoff of a Chris Christopherson movie. It's already been done, all right? It's been done. Uh, so I didn't watch that crap. Uh, The other night, but I like how they're like, oh, look how passionate they are. And they must be in a relationship. He's an actor.
24: (laughs) Well, Sean, he is an actor. You need me to make the case for Lady Gaga because somebody has to. Right. That's the rules of this. this Not for
1: listen. Lady Gaga. Nice, creative woman, uh, Greg. But she's not like next to like. Let's just cut to the chase here. Yeah.
24: Yeah.
1: No one's sleeping with Lady Gaga over this girl.
4: Well so so this girl of course is a former uh, sports
24: illustrated cover girl from the swimsuit edition. Well
1: she's a natural beauty, you yes. can tell. Natural beauty. Yes. Look at it. look at those cheekbones. There,
24: there there is some beauty to Lady Gaga as well, of course. Okay, she's a, she's, she's a very smart she's a very smart woman. She's made uh, obviously a ton of money doing what she has has done. And I think Gabe your mistake is you didn't see the A Star is Born remake, which was the movie of the year, man. It was fantastic. It's better than Barbara Streisand. It's better than Chris Christophers. And Lady Gaga, the chemistry was real, and I'm telling you, there's That's something there between these two guys. Something. You guys there.
1: are missing the point. Barbara Streisand, come John. on! Now, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! You're gonna start talking, taking shots at Bette Midler next?
9: Barbara yes. Streisand oh. is
1: an American oh. icon. Lady Gaga is, you know, come on.
9: He likes Beaches and Dave Matthews Band. Can we not have him in this conversation, Did please? you ever Here's... know that you're my
16: hero? <laughs>
12: the poka poka ah. poka face. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Baby, yeah, I was born this way. Are you yeah, a fan listen. of her music game, Joe? Lady Gaga? Who? Lady Gaga.
9: Yes, I think she's oh. one of the most talented musicians. She's a Juilliard. Uh, I mean, she graduated Juilliard. She knows her stuff. But okay. here's what I will say. Who's younger?
12: She's annoying. Who's, younger? <laughs> she's annoying. who's, younger? who's annoying? I think they're around uh, the same age. Who's younger? I think Irene is younger. Yeah,
9: I think she is younger, right? Yeah, settle down, she, Woody Allen. <laughs> no, not. Well, it's not 12, dude. <laughs> and I'm not related to her. So
16: <laughs> I think we're
9: good to go there. I think we're good to go there. Right, uh, Lady Gaga, I would want to sing a duet with. I'm not sure I'd want to sing a duet with uh with this girl in well, Reddit. I do.
12: I want to do a duet yeah. with this girl. So Bavona yeah. Bavona's the judge. I forgot to tell you that part of it. All right. And I guess it's oh, Greg. Greg Sussman against Joe and
9: All
1: right, a- all right, yeah. Bavona, come on, Bavona. Don't give, tell me Lady Gaga. Like this is. How about is the girl. this?
9: How about I get in the middle of both of them and tell you everything? I don't have a problem with
1: sampling the, the yeah, I could give it yeah, a, right? a run. <laughs> That's only fair. All right, Bavana, where are you going here? The Russian Uh,
0: chick or or lady? It's it's a no-brainer. Normally, I would go all American here, but I gotta go with uh, Bradley Cooper's girlfriend. I have to. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, what else we got?
24: Lady Gaga likes chicks, also saying.
1: That's that's a plus. Morning after continues. Uh, I was gonna say something here, but but what what is this? Is this like Billy Joel or something? I I can't. <laughs> is it? You're time I you take a shot at someone, like uh, you know, like the other day, uh, you know, you find you, know, you take a shot at someone, they're either dead or like you're like, especially in New York, you can't say anything about Billy Joel. But I guess no. the Clipper guys the other night, Joe. I'm Gabriel Moretzi, uh with Joe Raneri. Uh, the Clipper announcers, Ralph, what's his name? Ralph, whatever his guy's name is, and uh, and uh, Don McLean, were um, they were kidding around about players and weight and stuff, and they started joking about Robert Tractor Trailer, hmm. and they were like, "Wow, well, I wonder where a tractor trailer is now." Ha ha ha! It's like he's dead, guys. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> like, yeah. It happens. You know what I mean? Well done, guys. Last week I said, doesn't Burt Reynolds live in Jupiter? You guys are not. He's dead. But he did live in Jupiter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He did for a long time. Yes. Is Abe from uh, Barney Miller uh, Fish, is he dead?
9: Abe Vigoda is also dead, yes. I I had him in actually a – I had a death poll with him a couple of years ago and cashed out. No, he's been
1: reported to be died a bunch of times, and he never dies. I don't think – are you willing to bet? You you say Abe Vigoda is dead. I'm pretty sure I cashed I him in two not. years ago.
9: I, I think we did. I think we cashed him in. It's got to be at least a year, if not two. I, I'm pretty no, sure I no, cashed no. in on him.
0: Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda died January
9: 26, 2016. They, okay, so poor uh, guy. No, there you go. Yeah. Poor guy. No, I never forget the wins. The losses I'd want to forget, but the wins are, uh, yeah.
1: He was, uh, he was born in Brooklyn.
9: Abe is great. Godfather. Yeah,
1: 1921. Yeah, The 2016, that's, that's a hell of a run. You know how tall he was? 6'1". You're a big dude. Yeah. What's his hand? Uh, what's his uh, spread there? 10.2. <laughs> no, yeah. I
9: don't know. How big is his hand spread there? Unreal. Hey, at the NFL
1: Combine. Hey, Fish. Yeah. Hey, hey Fish. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Fish. Your passes suck. You got to pick it up a bit. <laughs> You never know who, like we're good good players though and stuff like that right before i mean no and because you and i both
9: know it's gonna happen There's a gay there's a guy that's gonna go undrafted that's a good we're gonna a year from now we're gonna be like wow remember that guy went undrafted or this guy went in the fifth round and it's where all the quality dudes that we talk about it's not easy i was saying this earlier guys don't realize oh. that the draft is a crapshoot oh yeah. it really is this combine it's a it doesn't matter what you measure you know what it what's is showing in the
1: first round Dude, you and I could do it, right? Right. You have your charts like, all right, all right. It's like, oh, we got Josh Allen from Kentucky. It's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, next, be like exactly. good, all right. Like, you know, all right. Yeah. They took the Williamson kid. Well, we'll take Josh Allen. Like, yep. it's basically the third, fourth, fifth rounds. And that's the stuff that you and I, no one's talking about, right? We don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who the kid. There's going to some kid, some safety right now. No one's talking about him. He's going to be drafted, like, late in the fifth round. And four years from now, people are going to be like, oh, my God, this kid's amazing. Like, where did he come from? But let's bring in the Prez from uh, wagertalk.com. Oh, uh, yeah. People might say he's amazing, oh, yeah. but no one's calling three. him a kid.
24: What's up, Prez? Three <laughs> alpha males on the morning show. What's up, boys? Joe Ranieri. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah oh, as long as we don't start talking race relations, we'll be all right. It's the three white guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, we should do start my, talking about, like, the Oscars, Green Book, or... Or Me Too stuff. I don't know what the chicks are so upset
24: about, but what's going on, Prez? How you doing? I'm doing great, brother. Two white guys and a Jew walk into a bar. (laughs) Two of them drink and one pays. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who are the two? Me and Cam. <laughs>
24: <laughs> oh. Or Joe? I, I think I think Joe could probably. Drink you're a you're lot. the Jewish guy. You that should that. not drink at all, but that's a different question. Uh, I'm sure Joe could drink. He played baseball. No, I'm fine. Oh,
9: yeah,
1: and I, no, I got uh, a, uh, I got a connection. blood type
9: that's uh about uh, below the legal limit. We're okay.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I got a blood type with a lot of alcohol in it, but that's yeah. that, that's beside the point. So, Pres. Uh, here in New York, the big story, I don't know, are you wearing an Islander? Is that like an Islander T-shirt? Like, you got the Leafs uh, tonight and the New York Islanders, and uh, Islander fans are pissed. Like, they don't like Tavares, that he stiffed them. They feel as though, you know, he lied on the way out. I get it. Sports fans are passionate about, like, their favorite players leaving. So it's a lot of emotion. The game is sold out. They're 6-2-2, and and they play in Nassau this year. I think they're playing the rest of their games there, actually, the rest of the regular season. In the first round of the playoffs, they make it. But uh, what do you make of this game? You're a Leaf guy. You're in Toronto. Leaf played last night. Easy win for them, six-two. Now they come to uh, they come to the island, Long Island. What do you make of this game tonight?
24: Well, look, I don't like to bet uh, teams in back-to-back environments, uh, but Toronto is absolutely rolling right now, especially scoring-wise. Six-two against Edmonton. Five-three against Buffalo. Six-three against Montreal, and You know, the New York Islanders look terrible against Calgary, uh, but they did beat Vancouver. You know, here's the bottom line, really. I think we're going to get the best of both teams tonight. I think the New York Islanders are going to bring it all. I think they want to show JT that they can win without him. And I think the Leafs, as a team, rally behind uh, John. And I think we get their best game. I think tonight is going to have a playoff atmosphere to it. uh, And for that reason, Uh, and on top of it uh, the uh, fact that the Leafs are on a back-to-back I could see this being a pretty low scoring game with that said the over and under is five and a half uh, and it's very hard to bet under the total here you know from a betting perspective uh, I, I can't find a thing to do in this game even though I want to I'm going out with a bunch of buddies to a bar tonight to watch it and Man, like there's some degenerate in me too. I want to bet this game, and I just can't. You know,
1: I'm seeing a six now with the total out there. So you, you can get an even six uh, in in this spot. Um, it, I, it will be like a playoff atmosphere. It's tough to bet unders in any NHL game right now. Like they and I, I prefer betting unders when it comes to hockey. I like overs in basketball, but I like unders in hockey. We'll see what happens well, in the playoffs.
24: No, I agree with you, and you know. Gabe, I hope the over is continue right now because I think what that'll give us a lot of value. Exactly. Come playoff time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because, like yeah, playoffs, playoffs. It's five and a half, and then it's five, yeah.
1: and then sometimes some of the series four and a half. I mean, hell, we hit three and a half. Said uh, briefly
24: sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's rare. Uh, I'll take I'll take the over on every three and a half.
1: Yeah, it rarely mm. it rarely happens. Or even like you get it, you know, you know what happens in the playoffs. You know, there was the 4 and a last year. There was some series where it was four-and-a-half. And then, yep. boom, like three minutes into the game, dude, it was almost at like the 16-minute mark type thing. They would drop it to three-and-a-half. And then, you know, they wouldn't want to put it to two-and-a-half. But you're right. You can really middle this stuff, Joe, in the hockey playoffs. It's different. It's freaking intense. They post a six-up on the board. Boom. They don't score in the first five minutes. Man, it's five-and-a-half. It's, it's four-and-a-half. And it gets low enough. Suddenly, not three and a half, two-two. You can get there, right? Last year, guys, uh, I well, played two-two.
24: You, you got there, genius. But uh, you know, it, That's we were I said, two about two. this, Gabe. Uh, in-game betting in hockey, there is so much value with it, especially in the totals. You know, you go in, you go into the third period at one-one. A team scores quickly. It's two-one. That same team scores again, it's three one, and now you have an empty net for four minutes. Uh, mm. so yeah, I mean, I, I actually like taking the overs in in game once it gets down to three and a half, and you get that a lot. so I, I'm with you, uh, and I, I think uh, our listeners should always be looking at that in game betting in hockey. Last. Hey, year, boys, last year in the I, playoffs, I I, uh, I want to give out a coupon code. All
1: right, go ahead, Prez. I've been trying to uh, tell people a gambling tip, but uh, feel free. Go ahead.
24: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're on the show all day long. People are getting sick of you. They want to hear from the Prez. (laughs) So go. Anyway. Yeah, what's the uh, code? At at wagertalk.com, the biggest play that we put out for our customers are 5% plays. I have a 5% play tonight in college basketball. Guys, I'm not kidding you. In college basketball, since the start of March Madness last year, my record is 41 and 26. That's 62%. Damn. Almost a calendar year of betting. uh, And I've got a monster play up, and it's free to all your listeners. Just head over to wagertalk.com. And use the promo code PREZ30. P-R-E-Z30. It's <clears throat> it's thirty dollars for everybody. Uh, it's free to all your listeners. I might have uh, gotten a little uh, wasted last night, so excuse my coughing.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, you're breathing nothing but confidence here, Prez. <laughs> y-
9: yeah. And but- what'd you say? I- PREZ30. Was that it? I'm I'm trying to log on here. PREZ30. Prez 30, Joe Ranieri. Look how good you look, Joe. I, I clean up well, Prez. I, you know, you two guys are killing me here. You're talking about the Islanders and this, this stupid Leafs team. Both Islanders. of them are overrated. <laughs> Talk to me about the real game tonight. Talk to me about the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Bruins, some real hockey. You're talking about a team with a 10-game winning streak on a back-to-back here. I don't know what the line is. I don't know if you have it on uh, in Minus 125, the Bruins. Tampa Bay Lightning,
1: rarely underdogs. Got to take the Lightning as a dog. Plus 105. Really?
24: Yeah. The Lightning. Joe, where's that accent from?
9: Well, it's from it's from Bruinland. It's from it's from Boston.
24: Oh, well, it doesn't sound Boston. I think your nose might be pinched a little. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay, guys, right I mean, this team is literally unstoppable. They've lost 11 games in regulation this year. And they've won 49. It's actually unbelievable. But the Bruins are playing incredible hockey right now. They've won eight of their last nine games, including beating San Jose 4 1. You know what I like in this game? I like music.
1: (laughs) The press, (laughs) wagertalk.com. Am I done? Yeah, you're done. When the music plays, it means it's called an extra. Well, I like
24: the under.
1: WavesTotalk.com. He likes the under.
0: It's college basketball season, and the Mammoth Park Sportsbook by William Hill is your best bet to watch and wager on all the games leading up to the big tournament. Watch every minute of action on our 75-foot HD video wall. Wager on props, parlays, over-unders, and much more. Go to mammothpark.com for hours and information. Excludes New Jersey college teams and college events taking place in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
8: Four hundred zero four three five eight 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 four hundred zero four three five 0435
23: 400 0435 andro400.com. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. But they need your help to survive. The Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, We can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve.
5: Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help.
1: Morning After Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Morenzi throwing it down with Joe Ranieri into our final uh, segment uh, of the program. Uh, strong stuff uh, this morning. We'll have another busy show uh, tomorrow. Warren Moon, the Hall of Famer, Warren Moon uh, will join us. Uh, Joey Odessa will talk some UFC. We didn't get much into the UFC uh, here on this show. We did uh, we did on Game Time Decisions on the radio show. Me and Cam will be on at uh, 4 again uh, today. John Jones, a massive favorite against Anthony Smith. Uh, ben Askren makes his UFC debut against Robbie Lawler. And um, Usman takes on uh, Tyron Woodley, and uh, which uh, it's going to be a really cool fight. You got some really cool fights uh, on this card actually, and we're not just uh, saying that. I don't get a commission from uh, UFC uh, pay-per-view sales, so. But uh, we'll be watching. We'll be giving you some picks. We haven't jumped into uh, tonight's card too much. You know, we spent. Uh, we've been talking. Uh, talk more hockey today on the show that we have Joe and, and the the show combined. I think over the last couple of weeks today
9: absolutely well i gotta listen that tampa boston game is going to be uh, an awful lot of fun uh, tampa by the way i think six and two off of back-to-back so they just they seem unstoppable they beat the rangers last night right four three now boston tonight Oof. that's going to be a uh is the over under seven is that up to seven yet what are they uh what are no, they doing with got, the uh
1: it's an even six it's an even six even there six. but it's minus okay. 140 to the over Mm. Um, I was bringing up, listen, I saw, because um, you know, on Twitter, I follow a bunch of sports news, you know, city newspapers and stuff. So I saw a column that was out of Montreal, and it was comparing the Tampa Bay Lightning to the uh, 1977 Montreal Canadian team. Now, I know we're going back a ways here, guys, but essentially the 1977 Montreal Canadiens team is sort of known as, like, the best team ever. Mm. You know, sort of like the Bulls or the Warriors, with their record. So they won uh, 60 games. They uh, they lost eight times. They played 80 games. They won 60 games, they lost eight times and they had 12 ties. Mm-hmm. So and they won they swept the Bruins in the Stanley Cup finals. Like they was a dominant team. They won six cups in, in 10 years. So it's a dominant dominant run, dominant team. But um, they were talking a comparison to the Lightning. And the Lightning record's freaking incredible. I think the Lightning would have to go like 15-3 and three down the stretch to end up with the same type of winning percentage. But what the Lightning are doing this year, Joe, is very, very, like, um, you could compare it very easily to what the Golden State Warriors did. Like, it's sort of unheard of to win this much in the NHL, in today's modern NHL.
9: Yeah. And the question is, I mean, really the, the biggest obstacle for Tampa Bay right now is boredom uh, because there's a lot that that's, I think that's the biggest fear with the, with the team. I saw it last night in the Rangers game where they, They kind of go through the motions. I mean, it sounds silly, but, you know, Golden State said this, too. You're just so used to winning every game that sometimes you're not challenged enough during the season in order to be able to push yourself, and that's kind of what they've been going through. There haven't been a whole lot of people pushing the Tampa Bay Lightning so far.
1: Pretty crazy. The Bruins are 10-0-4 in their last uh, 14 games. I see the Lightning have won five straight games against the Boston Bruins. Listen, the Bruins are in a nice spot tonight. Yeah, right. you, you can't dispute this. The Bruins are in a good spot. Tampa played last night in New York, right here across the street, um, against the uh, against the Rangers. They got it done. Um, but it's just, how the hell do you get in front of a team that's 49-11 and four, and they're an underdog? Crazy. A, they're an underdog. Yeah. Like put, put it in context, guys. 49-11 and four. You just step up every night, Tampa, 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 Tampa. Uh, they're they're. Dear God, like the the Lightning were six for six on the penalty kill, and uh, how about this? Like so, everyone thinks about offense and everything. Twenty five, the last twenty five times the Tampa Bay Lightning were shorthanded, they've killed off the penalty twenty five times. Crazy. Twenty five yep. for twenty five in killing penalties, bro. Yep. Like they're this like they really are playing like you know record breaking hockey right now. They are that good, and you're getting them as an underdog.
9: Underdog, I know. It. When do you get a price like that for uh, a team like this?
1: Uh, Best NBA, team in hockey. NBA tonight. Uh, here's this is a big game, uh, Joe, for the Orlando Magic. You know, we talked about Orlando and they were a trendy team, and you know they hey, seven to one. They could win a division. They're catching up to Miami and and all this type of stuff. But Friday night they lose to the Chicago Bulls. Then they turn around, nice win against the Raptors on the road, but then they lose against the Knicks after the fact. You can't afford to lose games against teams you need to beat, right? Like, when you're favored, that's what the Brooklyn Nets have done well. Like, you mm. know, Brooklyn aren't an awesome team. They're 32 and 31 or whatever, but they beat the teams that they should beat for the most part. They 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 sucked last night against Washington. They fell apart in, in the second half. But this is a big game for Orlando, and it's kind of weird, Joe, because Orlando underachieve against Chicago, underachieve against the Knicks, but then beat a good Raptor team. What Orlando Magic team do we get tonight?
9: Yeah, I I already played it first thing this morning as a fact. It was at minus six uh, because I thought the game was going to go up there. The Warriors have covered five straight in Orlando, plus the road team, eight and one against the spread between these two teams. And uh, after that, after that Dwayne Wade uh, fantastic finish last night, I'm pretty sure Golden State's going to want to come out and wash the uh, stink off of them. So I locked it in early this morning at minus 6, Golden State, because I, I have the feeling this is going to get closer to 8, 9, somewhere along the lines before it's all said and done.
1: One thing we should note, though, guys, the Golden State Warriors, dude, they've been, they've been torching money as of late. Yep. They've been torching money as of late. One in seven, guys, against the spread, the Golden State Warriors' last eight games. Just one and seven against the spread. You know, they're often favored by a lot. And Orlando have been on a nice run. I mean, they just they've stumbled. Yeah. I mean, they you know, they they were leading against the Knicks. They they screwed that up. It was a nice win against the Raptors. They lose one ten, one oh nine uh to the Chicago Bulls. Before that they were drilling teams. One twenty seven, eighty nine, one eighteen, eighty eight, one twenty-four, uh, one oh eight. Tough to, it's a weird spot here tonight but i'm inclined i'm actually inclined to think orlando can hang around here
9: and the other thing is too golden state's just a half a game now ahead of denver for the yeah. number one seed so they might kick it into another gear and them in a back-to-back situation back-to-back losses i don't see it happening the new york knicks
1: Ugh. i think that the knicks i don't know how many times have the knicks been favored this year like not a lot <laughs> What's know, they're record? gonna
9: win tonight, they're gonna beat Cleveland. Now it's three in a row, and uh, you know that city is not gonna know what the Knicks fans are not gonna know what to do with themselves tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, this Mitchell Robinson kid, he's setting he's setting records for like blocks and stuff. Block. Block. I think, yeah, <laughs> block. I think he's I think he set a record for like a rookie most blocks since in back to back games combined. I think yep. since David Robinson. Yeah. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think it was Robin. It was either Duncan or Robinson. I think it was Robinson, though. That's not bad when you're you're doing things that no one's done since the Admirals done.
9: No, especially on a team that is uh, is ranked 27th in defense. So and he's just blocking people left and right. He's the only defensive thing they got going on in that team. Seven foot four wingspan, man. He's a
1: beast. All right, so uh, the New York Knicks are enjoying their first winning streak since November after knocking off <laughs> San Antonio and Orlando. Uh, Fisdale says, to me, it's always about the culture. I'm not wired to lose on purpose. That's yeah. not how it goes. I can't even get my body to function that way. Yeah, yeah, easy. to. Well, you, wow. These guys win two games, uh, Joe, and they're, like, talking like they're, uh, they're, like, gold medalists. We can't yeah. be stopped. We never give. Guys, you lost 18 home games in a row. <laughs>
9: Yeah. And by the way, he's doing it on limited minutes. He's not a starter. I mean, this is not a guy that's been in the lineup the entire time. He's been doing this off the bench. Imagine if the Knicks actually
1: tried to win. Fisdale says I'm lucky because uh, Steve Mills, team president, and uh, Mr. James Dolan have all said to me, you go out and play every game to win. Don't worry about where we land and all that other stuff.
9: Yeah, okay. Sure. You I- know who's
1: more believable, gonna- Fisdale or Michael Cohen right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fizz. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're telling, yeah, don't worry about it. If we draft six, it's all good. Like,
9: <laughs> Yeah, let me know how that works out. Although I do think, right, the bottom three all get the same amount of uh, ping yeah, pong balls. Yeah, they changed Is that it. it works? Yeah, yeah sure, right. yeah. Okay.
1: I so believe the bottom be three teams will have a 12% chance each. Okay. As opposed to before, it was like 25% chance. Like, um, you know, if you had the worst record. So, yeah, they they weighted the ping pong balls. To um to, to to discourage tanking, right? Yeah. But now How it's almost like now you just get three worst. teams that tank at once and say, well, whatever, <laughs> we'll just take our chance, right? Like.
9: How bad does it suck for the fourth worst team?
1: Yeah, but, but it could be that guy.
9: So who are yeah. the best?
1: So you've got Zion. Do you think Zion Williamson's better than RJ Barrett in the NBA?
9: Again, it's the same thing. It depends on fit, depends on the team. I mean, Zion is brings a whole different set of uh, skills to the table, not on the basketball court, but off the basketball court. Yeah, marketing. selling seats, selling licenses, marketing. He's a different animal than Barrett. Barrett's probably a better night to night, 82 game of season player. That's what I'm He'll saying. Like bring
1: more, like Barrett's going to be a good NBA for. player for a long
9: time. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Exactly.
1: But he's a Canadian kid from Toronto. He doesn't really talk all that much. He's not—he's not, he's not nope. like with the—he's not a flashy dunker and stuff. I don't know. We'll get a basketball guy again, obviously, but I'll ask him because I heard some people state smart guys. It might have even been Jay Billis, like smart guys, said they think that R.J. Barrett is gonna end up being like James Harden in the NBA. Like he'll—they say he'll end up being sort of unstoppable because people look at him now and they're like, oh, he shoots a lot. He's a freaking kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yes. He he's playing yeah. his first year of college basketball. His first and only year of college basketball. But yep. he played against men for team. He's on Team Canada's men's team. And he's played against men and thrown it down, too. And, like, you know, like, Andrew Wiggins was be, is better in the NBA than he was at college, right? Yes. Like, we like we talked, some guys, their games are better suited for the NBA. And a lot of people think he's one of them that, you know, I'm not saying he's going to score, you know, 30 points a game, 30 nights in a row coming into the league. But just that basically Barrett's going to be a pure scorer in the NBA, that he's got that to his game, that it's sort of undeniable that he's going to be a can't-miss type guy. Zion, hey, some people say he's the next savior, right? He's the next he's the next right. Jordan LeBron. I don't know if it is. I, I think that's a little overhyped
9: personally. It's very overhyped, but that's what he brings to the table—a lot of hype and a lot of those intangible types of things. Uh, especially for a big media market like New York, they would absolutely love him there. R.J. Barrett would have a hard time fitting in there, being able to fill those types of shoes, especially you know in New York. But yeah, people forget too in the NBA. Uh, you got to understand a lot of these guys. Don't really come into their own till they're 25, yeah. 26 before we really know what we got. Look at D'Angelo Russell. I mean, it, they expected all of these great things. Number two pick and Lakers and the Lakers did nothing with him. Wasn't a good fit. And it wasn't until, you know, four years later now here in Brooklyn, we're starting to see him. Victor Oladipo yeah, couldn't call. even make. The Oklahoma planner. City Thunder. So, you know, it got cut. And then he goes to Indiana, and we were talking about MVP nod here. So, we got to remember, you just can't give up with a kid because he's 21 years old, and, oh, he's yep. not living up to it. Got plenty of time to live up to it in the NBA.
1: Devin Booker, OGs like that, Ananobi on the Raptors. People he drafted dress. them out of Indiana. And they're like, oh, he's the next Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. And after a year, they're like, well, he's not like Draymond Green. Yeah, he's been one, of the, one year, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I heard Devin Booker, um, and I'm not not Devin Booker's biggest fan, but I know the kid can ball. But what he said was true, and I liked his honesty. You know, he's in his third year or whatever, and he basically stated, he goes, it's taken me three years to get used to playing in the NBA.
9: Absolutely.
1: He said the travel, the grind, everyone being so good. He goes, the first year, Mm -hmm. you're just happy to be in the league, and it's a little overwhelming. Second year, you think you're there, but you're not. He goes. Yep. I'm always starting to figure it out a bit now. You know, like like you stated, you're talking about grown men. Great job today, Joe. Thanks to uh, Russ Landy. Thanks to Jordan Kurtz, that prez. Other night, you're on your own. Later.
11: that's 800-223-0992.
22: If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491, that's 800-593-7491.
21: Pick up your phone and call right now.
11: 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
1: I prefer National League Baseball that... Hey, you don't want the, the pitcher to hit pitch hit for him figure it out right. you know the old double switches uh, sacrifice bunts mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean uh, hidden runs etc I just find that National League baseball is a more sophisticated brand of and it's crazy because the American League's actually better right the American League has better players they've dominated the all-star games you know I, you know they've won a few more World Series you know, in recent memory but I think national League Baseball is better. The the style of baseball is better. It's hmm. just been sort of slanted towards the American League uh, as of late. All right, a 20-second pitch clock. To me, it's the stupidest freaking thing I've ever heard of, ever, ever, ever. Your take, 20-second pitch clock.
9: Uh, I, I hate it. I just absolutely hate it. Uh, pitchers, you, you, you tell them, listen, guys, we need to speed the game up. Get your ass in the batter's box. Throw the ball. You're good to go. There's always going to be those outliers, somebody that's got their routine. But you just speed them up. I mean, I, there's no reason to implement a pitch clock in a sport that has always been about not having a clock.
1: Um, how about uh, lowering the mound? Because evidently they want to get a pitcher killed. <laughs> yeah, like, which is a good chance. Uh, why don't we it's just go really to aluminum chance. bats, uh, Joe? Why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People in the chat even, oh, we want to see home runs. Then watch uh, the home run derby. You know what I mean? Like, why don't we just live aluminum bats? Why don't we, you know, just move the fences in? I mean, every second pitch. And another thing is, too, Joe, we we're talking about baseball and the integrity of baseball and then these rule changes and stuff. And on a more serious note, like, what's one of the biggest problems of Major League Baseball? The fact is, there's no balls in play anymore, right? Mm. Everything's a strikeout or a home run right now. Yep. There's no balls in play, and therefore, it's not very entertaining. There's, like, no one does anything. Everybody's standing around. Everybody either strikes out. Everybody swings for the fence on every pitch. That's also a major problem for the game, in my opinion. Yep.
9: Base running. The fundamentals itself is just long gone in the game. I mean, you never, you see guys who, who aren't taking the extra base when available. You're seeing guys just, it's not a lot of heads up play, not a lot of hustle. The fundamentals of the game is, is long gone as far as I'm concerned, and that's an issue too. All
1: right, there's also they're saying that the pitch clock would be turned off if there are runners on base. Like, well, good. That's yeah, great. Then like, turn it off altogether. So what about